0: You're listening to Fan Holes, a podcast for tauntauns and twinks
1: Hey baby, what's going on? This is my microphone voice
2: Where do you buy those at? I need one
1: but, but I was like, in my head, I'm like, I can totally Superboy Prime punch this so it makes sense, you know
3: I have a headset. It looks way cool. You should all be jealous.
0: Bye. Uh, we are. I'm with Mike. i Ellen.
2: Grimlock, I told you to take care of things while I was gone.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> we do a podcast? What the fuck? Are we going to listen to FanHole's podcast, Mr. Ludor? Of course we are, Otis. FanHole's podcast is the greatest online podcast of our time. I just need to find an MP3 player, Otis. MP3 player, Mr. Ludor. what's that? Mr.
0: Smugger!
5: folks welcome back again to the fan Holes podcast we are back once again to give you the best in pop culture and fandom entertainment or at least, try. least try or die trying We've got a pretty good show lined up for you tonight it's not one of our ever popular and ever present franken shows we just talk about a bunch of different topics just a to rundown what we're going to go into lex luthor businessman former president kind of a dick hole But he hasn't always been a dickhole. Sometimes he was a really good friend to Superman back in the days of Smallville, when they were growing up. We're going to kind of talk about that. Which is better? Which one is the Lex that you really like? The kind of conniving friend who has something going on in the background? Or just the all-out-and-out asshole who will, you know, shoot you in the face? So we're going to figure out which one is the more interesting. We're also going to go to something that Brian, I hope, is looking very much forward to. Video games we're going to be talking about consoles um just in case for some reason you're not up on the lingo consoles is basically what you play your damn games on uh started way back in the day with pong and that's all you could play and we have moved on in our technology to the advent of playstation 3 and xbox 360 and all types of wonderful consoles that deliver high-end graphics virtual
4: boy (laughs) hell
5: yeah (laughs) Um, But just because the newest systems are out and they do have really good graphics doesn't mean they might be our favorite all in all. There's some nostalgic picks, I think, going to come out of this because there are some really good systems released over the years. Um, we're also going to go <clears throat> in kind of a similar vein. We're going to be talking about toys, specifically Transformers. Way back when, the day when Takara decided to team up with Hasbro and release some Diaclone figures, it set the world on fire as far as toys. And they weren't really, like, all that great in, a, in some ways compared to new toys of today. But back then they were awesome. But they have steadily got more and more advanced and more well-engineered with, like, articulation and sculpting and stuff. But at the same time, you know, what advances really made Transformers, like, you know, one of the highest-selling toy lines uh, currently in production? So we're going to figure out which ones are really kind of what, – what was the benchmark that made Transformers even cooler than what they already were? And finally, we're going to talk about something, whereas Brian was probably really big on the consoles. I know Derek's looking forward to this uh, topic. We're going to be talking about the TV show Supernatural. It's on the CW, Hank and Dean, basically, uh, what's what's the – And I said Hang and Dean. I was thinking of Venture
3: Brothers.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Same thing. Venture Brothers, you know, Winchester Brothers.
0: Ignore that mistake. Sam and (laughs) Dean. Ignore (laughs) me.
5: (laughs) (laughs) How could I forget his dreamy locks? Um, Jeez, I wasn't thinking straight. But Sam and Dean are, are, as Derek said, the Winchester Brothers. They pretty much... Fight demons. That's what they do, and they've had some interesting adventures along that line. Derek will be a lot more accurate on his information than I was, because I can't get the characters fucking right, so hopefully it'll be a good discussion. Uh, as always, we do have the Fan Holes uh, regulars here. As you well know, I am Tony Chainclaw, and all I have to say is, yeah, life's hard. I wish I had a ponytail.
2: Hey, this is Brian Breakdown. Wrong! That's about best <laughs> I could do.
1: Hey, what's up? This is Derek WC. Uh, Fear my clunky
2: battle
0: suit that I will use to destroy.
3: Hey, this is Mike Thunderwing, the greatest criminal mastermind of our time.
0: (laughs) And I am Hank Grimlock. (laughs) Oh, you bastard.
1: I've always liked you, Kent. You're humble, modest, comically uncoordinated, human. In short, you're everything he's not.
5: As you can tell by half of the uh, clever little quips we said, we are going to be talking about Lex Luthor first. Um, As I said in the uh, rundown, to not really get into it, he's been both a good guy in a way. He still has some stuff going on behind the scenes. Not totally altruistic, if you will. But he's mostly known as being the giant, you know, Thorn in Superman's side. But which one is actually better? Which is a more interesting character to the fan holes? Um, as I am want to do with this, I'm going to go with one of, uh, the fanhole's resident comic gurus I want to start with Mike this time, who, which, which Lex is best, Mike, do you like the, uh, shady kind of good
3: guy Lex, or do you like the all out now prick Lex? Um, I, you know, I, I've never been a big DC guy and, you know, most of my stuff come, most of my knowledge came from the cartoons and shows and, the the thing the, the Lex Luthor that I was most exposed to the most at the beginning was the Superman the animated series Lex Luthor so I'm always kind of predisposed to you know the evil businessman type Luthor um, I I never really liked the smallville luther like the one that was kind of like a pair to you know clark like i know originally it was it was lex and superboy wasn't it like lex was kind of like his like scientist friend or something yeah pretty much
1: well that's the thing like the smallville thing kind of makes it like you know clark and him were buddies but in the comics it was kind of more like him and superboy were buddies so it was kind of like, we're like, hey, dude, like, I just invented this thing. Like, you gotta come over and see it. Like, it'll be awesome. Like, I'll totally cure you of kryptonite poisoning. You know, and it was like, this is gonna be great. Like, we're gonna be best friends forever. You know, and then, of course, it's like, you know, most people think it's goofy, but, you know, basically, there's like a lab accident, and that's why his head falls out. And then he's like, God damn it, you stubbed my toe. Like, I fucking <laughs> hate you. Like, not only am I not gonna cure you. Well, I'm going to try to fucking kill your ass, you know? So like, <laughs> like, just wait till I'm rich. <laughs> that's that's the basic kind of, you know, background of it. Yeah, I think that's... Like, you know, small people tried to kind of amalgamate the two, you know? They kind of, you know, layered the whole you know businessman, John Byrne Burr- Lex, and then, you know, they also kind of had that sort of, you know, the tether of the backstory where it's like, oh, we were good friends, but, but you know, somewhere along the way, you know, betrayal and... <laughs> Yeah,
5: Smallville started off with Lex and Clark being friends, and like Lex just being kind of suspicious of Clark having powers, but not really knowing.
3: Yeah, yeah. Like to use to use a parallel that like I can get behind. Like I kind of prefer my Lex to be more like Norman Osborn and less like Harry Osborn, pretty (laughs) much.
1: (laughs) So So, like
3: like that's a great parallel. Like I don't like Smallville kind of made them like. Um, like, kind of, I guess, like contemporaries, almost, like closer in age, I guess. Right, right. And it's like Smallville Lex seemed to be more like, you know, Harry Osborn. Or yeah, uh, no, that's
1: that's totally accurate. I think. I think that's
3: like, uh, and like I, I never really liked, you know, how like, especially in like the first season, where he wasn't like quite as like, you know, morally dubious. Where you know Lex would like be trying to fit in with Clark's family and friends and stuff. And, you know, I don't know, I just, I, like... Smallville is prone to a lot more weaknesses that you're not used to seeing from Lex Luthor. (laughs) Well, I, you know, I realized they were trying to go for a slow burn, and, you know, they were trying to make it, you know, more reasonable, but, like, it seems to me, like, Lex Luthor wouldn't try to fit in with people. Lex Luthor would try to, like, make the world fit to his specifications, so, like, that didn't really, like, work for me. Like, that's the way I kind of view Lex Luthor. Like, you know, he, he wouldn't try to, like, you know, compromise and stuff. So, I don't know. It just, it didn't...
5: <laughs> Mike's like, if Lex visits the Kents, he's going to be like, Ah, Ma and Pa Kent, Clark is a really special young man, and he's going to work for me if you get my fucking way. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny, because, like... um like spite like shortly after one more day uh ended and like Spider-Man like rebooted and Harry Osborn came back from the dead like a lot of me, a lot of like Spider-Man fans that I would talk with used to call like that Harry Osborn uh What do you call Harry Rosenborn, like (laughs) like Michael Rosenbaum, because it seemed like it seemed like they were trying to emulate like Smallville's Lex Luthor with him. Because like, you know, because like Harry was always like a little like dip pretty much. But all of a sudden now, like when he came back after one more day, he was like all slick and a playboy. And, you know, you know, uh, he's Peter's buddy with the with an evil father who was like manipulating him and stuff. So so he was James Franco. Yeah, yeah, more or less, yeah. But, like, yeah, I just thought that was always funny. They used to call him Harry Rosenborn, but, yeah. But that's basically how I
1: feel. Yeah.
5: Um, I'll give one little nod to uh, Rosenlex, I guess, before I go to uh, (laughs) – Before I go to – I was going to go to Derek next, anyway. Um, As the series did go on, as Lex did get a little bit more evil and stuff – I think Rosenbaum really wanted to play him like a bastard, but he just had to deal the you know cards he was dealt. Because when Lex was a like jackass in that show, he did a really good job of being a jackass. I, I think he did a really good job as Lex, but I think he was hindered by you know this week you're going to be in love with Lana, and he's like, what? F- why? Uh, okay, whatever. And hey, he jack. was like,
3: let me show you why in college they called me sex Luther. <laughs> i've got a power suit just for this occasion Oh God. sorry i was waiting to make that joke go on
5: it was well worth the wait but uh derek i do know you're a bigger dc fan you're a little bit more knowledgeable uh as well as being a superman fan so uh what's your take on the uh various lex uh personifications we've seen
1: i I guess i was thinking about this topic just because i i was reading like the rebooted action comics and it's kind of unclear what the status is these days you know i you know it seems like he's definitely kind of a business type guy and he's you know he's in cahoots with general lane and the military and that kind of thing but you know so far as far as what i've read so far you, you know you don't know if he had that friendship with him in Smallville or not, or how they were kind of, you know, uh, approaching, you know, I guess the the new, you know, N.U. less from the New 52 or whatever. Um, so that's what kind of sparked this topic in my mind. Um, you know, for me, like, like as opposed to Mike, who grew up with, uh, you know, uh, Superman the animated series, mm-hmm. Luthor, will kind of basically equate to, uh, you know, basically it's the John Byrne man of steel Luthor, you know. He, he is Clark's contemporary in age you know it's kind of interesting because like in Hamlet like I always felt like it was totally maybe kind of random but in terms of contemporaries like I always kind of felt like Hamlet, Laertes, and Fortinbras should be all the same age you know they should all be like young badass leading men princes in a way you know like and like sometimes like I, I dig that you know I'm kind of more a proponent of the whole you know, best friend thing, and that Lex is Superman's contemporary. Because that's kind of more, I think, what I grew up with and am used to. You know, like for me, like the the when I was younger, the most idealized Lex Luthor was. You know, I had the superpowers. I loved the battlesuit. Like I just kind of dug all. Of it. Stuff, um, you know, one of my favorite Superman comics is that, you know, Action Comics, you know, where they go into the battle suits origin, you know, how he had his own planet on Lexor, and you know, all this kind yeah. of stuff, and you know, basically Superman, you know, he, Superman didn't really blow up the planet, but because Lex Luthor was such a douchebag, he ended up blowing up his own homeworld, you know, alien homeworld with like, you know, his wife, kid, and all that stuff. Basically, it's your fault, Superman. You know, I fucking blame you. You know, and he's all pissed off at him. He blew up more. my lab and my home world. It's like you, you took my hair and my planet. You know, and he's all doubly pissed off. Um, but um, you know, the I guess you know because that's kind of what I was, you know, most familiar with. I guess but it's kind of interesting because I think in childhood, like you know, I'll I'll just say you should be what you wish for, because I think in childhood, I was always doing these, uh, you know, fan comics or whatever, where Luthor would get his battlesuit back, so, like, there are these funny pictures of Australian Lex Luthor with a beard, but in the suit you know that I used to draw and stuff. Like I was just even back then I was like, Man, I don't want Aussie Lex, like man, I don't want Tabalard Lex. Like get get him back in his battle suit. Kind of like what what Brian was saying when we uh when we read Mass Steel, like he was kind of expecting Luther to eventually Put on the bat so kind of go bono a mono with Superman and that kind of thing. And so for years, they kind of dragged that out. And it was like, I wanted that so bad. And then when they finally did it, it was in Superman Batman with Jeff Loeb. And man, I hate that book. So, you know, <laughs> just be careful what you wish for because then, then you get it and you're like, oh, this is terrible. But, um, I really no, wish I, I
2: hadn't wished for those uh, Watchmen prequels. That was a bad right. move. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yourself. So hard. You and Alan Moore. <laughs>
1: but, um, um, yeah. actually, I was so, going to
5: ask you, Derek, what do you, well, since you're probably one of the few who's uh, – he's actually one of the, the versions I was very accustomed to because I was, I was reading uh, – I read a lot of the Death of Superman comics. What do you think of quote-unquote Lex Luthor 2, Ozzy Lex?
1: um yeah i yeah that's <laughs> true yeah see like you know what i finally feeling it's i didn't mind john and lex luther like i get it they, they they have a decent story with like what they they said was like the indecent proposal lex Luthor. like for indecent proposal the movie came out or like a a short backstory and uh superman number eight where like he basically comes to a uh you know, a diner, and he basically hits on this, like, poor out-of-work waitress, and is basically like, yeah, if you just come with me and sleep with me for one night, like, I'll take care of, like, all your problems, like, everything that's troubling you is going to go away, but all you have to do is, like, you know, basically give up you know, your yourself, your soul. You have to sell your soul to me kind of and, and come away with me for one measly night and I'll have my way with you or whatever. You know? And basically like by the end of it, you know, it's like I'll give you a minute to decide. You can come out in my limo or you know not, but I'm a busy man, so I'm only gonna be here for like ten minutes or whatever. And you know, of course, you know, she's like wrestling with it and can't decide. And then of course he drives off after the ten minutes and she's sitting there like Fuck my life or or what, like, what, you know, what did I do? And basically, like, his whole thing is, you know, he, he, he I don't think the character was Mercy, but there was some hot, you know, limo driver or whatever, and it's like, oh, Mr. L, like, what did, you know, why do you do that kind of stuff? And he's just basically like, you know, I don't care if they come with me or not, like, I'm just fucking toying with their fucking emotions, and it's the greatest thing in the world to just, you know, break somebody like that, and that was kind of like that angle to last, which I found is interesting. I mean, I think, I think I enjoy, you know, even though Lois and Claus wasn't, like, my favorite show, like, I, I kind of enjoyed that sort of uh, version of him later on, you know. But as far as, like, Aussie Lex, you know, I he, I was just kind of like, what? Like, and he's going out with Supergirl, who's not Supergirl. and you know, like that, that that was when I was in my little fanfic, you know, age, and I was, like, probably, like, 12 or 13, and I was just writing little... Can fix where I was like every five minutes, you know, whoever it was, like Aussie Lex or, you know, Fat Lex or whatever, I was just like, He's in his power suit and he's badass again, you know, and that's kinda of, you know what I wanted at the time. I didn't feel really comfortable with Lex Luthor until Neuron kinda of like zapped him back into what is essentially like Silver Lex, where he wasn't such a I guess Kingpin knockoff, for lack of a better term, you know.
5: <laughs> yeah. I I, I think one of the problems with, like, I guess, like I said, he's officially dubbed Luthor 2 in the comics. But, like, Ozzy Lex always kind of annoyed me because he really was becoming kind of a quasi-good guy. He was like, you know, and it was all because he had hair and he looked attractive to people. He was like, oh, I don't really give a shit about this whole world domination thing. I'm going to help society because I'm hot. And then when he lost his hair, he was like, Superman!
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like... (laughs)
4: Okay. <laughs> well, for a while
1: they kind of they tried to play with the idea that that was really his son, you know, like that, that well, was yeah, yeah, offspring and everything. And then eventually, like that issue it's like they saved Luthor's brain, you no, know, and he's like a clone, <laughs> and they put his brain inside all the stuff, and you just kind of like, you know, like like the only good to me that Oxylex Lex had was in The Death of Superman where he goes into the, the funeral room and it's like outside. He's like, oh, it's such a tragic loss. Like, it's so terrible that Superman died. And then he walks in the room and he's like, you're finally fucking dead. And he's like smiling. And he's all pissed off because he's like, and it wasn't fucking me! You know, and he's like smashing the chair on the funeral. He's like, I'm supposed to fucking kill Superman. You know, not this fucking Hulk Reject wannabe, like it's supposed to be yeah. me. So well, like, and he finds I, out like,
5: the, the tomb's empty, and then he gets all happy again.
1: Yeah. So it's like you know, it's. it's... It's you know there there are I think all those Lex have moments and stuff but um I I kind of prefer you know I, I enjoy these kind of stories especially in the movies and the television where they kind of can amalgamate the best aspects of it and in some ways I know I know you know uh, Rosenbaum you know Luthor and Smallville went a little on the deep end when he's like going out with Lana and they do all this kind of crazy soap opera stuff with the character but I do appreciate the actor and and kind of you know, what their original intent was with the character, you know. I like how they tried to amalgamate, you know, some of the corporate business-type stuff with it. But, you know, I also like the fact that they also tried to incorporate some of the old Superboy Lex backstory where they, you know, they did have a a, a relationship because it kind of goes back to stuff like Unbreakable, you know, it's, it's like it's like you feel like people... You know, it, it's always unfortunate when people like Mike, you know, if, if, like, he's only exposed businessman lex it's like well when you know sam jackson says oh it's just like comics like you and i best friends now we enemies you know motherfucker. you know however (laughs) the movie ended you know like basically he's just saying like oh me and bruce willis were the best friends and now i'm your you know your arch nemesis like it's just like it's just like the comics it's just like superboy and lex you know and of course there's other examples like that i mean today you know people might think of guys like charles Behavior and you know, uh, you know, Eric or whatever. Oh, you know, it's Professor X and Magneto you know, were best friends, and now they're the you know the bitterest of enemies. You know, and so that that also is reflected in many other characters. But I mean, to me, I I you know, in some ways I kind of trace that back to like, hey, it's it's for Boyne Lex. You know, so that you know, I, I kind of appreciate that part of it, and I always dug, uh, like I said, I always dug Battlesuit Lex, and uh, yeah, so that's that's kind of my thing. So yeah, you, you like you like the uh,
5: I guess you say almost the crisis era Lex I guess or Legends era Legends yeah. of superheroes yeah. yeah that's cool yeah yeah totally awesome um, I always had a fondness for the green battle suit too I mean it it, it was a weird it was a weird combination of like that looks kind of goofy but also at the same time he can kick my ass so it's kind of nice <laughs> you know um, well, let's see let's uh, keep the uh, Lex Express moving. <laughs> Uh Brian, I, I, I'm not sure exactly what your thoughts would be on the the good Mr. Luthor. What do what do you think of uh Lex? What's your favorite version?
2: Um, well to answer the like question outright, I'd prefer Arch Nemesis over best friend. And then uh, um I'll admit up front that I don't have a lot of exposure to a lot of different Lex Luthers. Um so I don't know how valid my viewpoint is or whatever, but it's what works for me. But um you know, the only the only best friend I could think of was the smallville Lex. Um and I, I didn't really like Smallville. Uh watching it, it was hard to see like characters that in my mind I imagined as being like thirty or, you know, maybe even forty for Lex years of age. Like it was hard for me to see them suddenly in high school. And you know, they all knew each other back then supposedly. And it was just I don't know. Just too jarring for me to really get into. So I mean right off the, the bat I was
5: kinda like the prequels thing where it's like Oh yes, Yoda. You've known Chewbacca for
4: years.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's just kind of goofy. Like you, you, you have all this uh, like backstory in your mind, and then to see it changed, and it's just I don't know. Like I said, jarring. So, anyways, best friend uh, Luther kind of had a a mark against him off the bat, but then I started thinking, you know, which Luther have I been the most exposed to? And it's the Donner Superman Luther, and um, I actually really like Gene Hackman's portrayal of him. Um, he was someone that, I don't know, especially as a kid, he seemed like pretty shrewd and pretty cunning, but, um, you know, there, there was a lot of jokes that they threw in, but most of those were like at Otis's expense. Like I never really thought, oh, Luther's an idiot because of, you know, some joke they made about (laughs) him.
5: Oh, Mr. Luthor.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, being that that's the Luther I know the most, I kind of lean that way. And that's the one I've always liked. And then I thought about Superman Returns and um that portrayal of Luther I think almost went a little psychotic. Like I don't know, he just seemed like more nuttier than the normal Luther and like not quite as intelligent. So I guess um for me to pick my ideal Luther, it's gonna be someone that's shrewd, cunning, you know, businessman, president, whatever. Doesn't really matter matter as long as those like main attributes are there for him.
5: Yeah, you like you like your Luther a little smarter than everybody else. Yeah, Su-
3: Su- Superman returns. Luther's scheme for making for making cash was seducing old women.
2: Yeah, there is that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> You're hot or something. Can I get this
5: over with, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it's um,
2: interesting, kind of like setting up an antithesis type situation too, where you have you know brains versus brawn. So.
4: Well,
5: yeah, that's, that's what I've always kind of considered to be like the crux of their. Uh, Rivalry because, yeah, Superman is smart, and in and, and books like All Star Superman, they show that he's like ridiculously intelligent. But Luther just has that type of intelligence that's, you know, I've always thought the best Luther stories, and sometimes they don't follow through on this enough. Sometimes they make it to where like Superman's like, Oh, Lex, I knew what you were planning the day I saw you. Ha ha ha, I know all your plans. But I really like the ones where Luthor is like, you know, doing all this shit, and then, like, Superman comes in, he saves the day, he, like, you know, blows up Luthor's, you know, whatever plant, or Or, whatever villain Luthor makes, or whatever scheme he has going on, he, like, totally foils it, and Superman's like, you know, Lex, you'll never win, he flies off, and then, like, they have, like, those nice little couple of panels where Lex is like, yeah, it never happens for me, too bad I totally wanted you to not see the actual plan I had that I was going on, and you were just going to go for the decoy plan so i could get this you know shipment of you know kryptonite to this other location and you would never be aware i always liked that he always had like contingency plans it was like you know you never saw lex's real plans i always kind of like that luthor i like that kind of guy uh mm-hmm. i guess the the closest one for me to do that would probably be the animated series when i actually kind of actually have to agree with mike it's it's just a very to me we were talking about, like, you know, like, the epitome of, like, who you think Otto's Prime is as far as toys, like, when a, when a podcast. And that's kind of, like, what Lex was in the anime series. He was snarky, he was funny, but he was also really smart, and he, he always had a plan. He always had a backup. And also, I mean, you know, Clancy did a amazing job with the voice. He just sounded so fucking suave yet, you know, evil, so... Yeah, I I have to say probably my I also agree with most of you. I, I I like Evil Lex more than you know. Hey, Superman, let's go get a malted at the you know shop, <laughs> you know. So yeah, Evil Lex, and as far as like my 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 favorite version, I would definitely have to go with Superman the animated series. So yeah, Secret Brothers time. Um, to uh, wrap up the uh, discussion, we're gonna go with our good
0: friend Justin, who is the Lex you like best. Well, I. I guess I like a little bit of both to be honest, like you know, kinda like some of you, like I grew up with like the superpowers version of Lex, you know, the battle suit, and like whenever I was playing with my toys, like to me, Lex was like Doctor Doom, so I was always having him like stealing Superman's powers and like flying around, beating up the justice League, or you know doing whatever like I don't know, like that made sense to me as a kid, so that's that's kind of like what I associate with him, but But then, like, I guess, like, a little bit after that, like, I grew up watching the Superboy TV show a lot. And. I haven't seen it in a long time, but the best I can remember is, you know, maybe Derek can correct me if I'm wrong here, but didn't they use, like, the Silver Age origin, where they were kind of a, kind of friends, and then they, you know, Superboy saves them from an experiment, and then he loses his hair, and, you know, goes evil. Yeah, yeah,
1: thing? pretty much. I, I think they were a little more antagonistic up front at the beginning, you know, like, where mm. Luther had his own little college-age and, you know, it was kind of like, you know, Luther was always trying to, like, hit on Lana and stuff like that, and then, like, I guess they switched actors from the first season to the second season. So I, I guess they tried to appeal to, like, I guess guys like Brian, because what, what ended up happening was he he was kind of, um you know, contemporary to Superboy in the first season. Then he ended up becoming evil, you know, losing his hair. And so by the, the, the end of that season, there was, like, this big explosion or whatever. So the second season, he was recast, and he was actually cast as, like, a, you know, 35-year-old guy, whereas Storm was still, you know, like supposed to be a 19-, 20-year-old, you know, kid. And so in that sense, they kind of pumped him up due to plastic surgery or whatever, you know, in the later episodes and stuff like that. And he was a, a more like, I'd say, like, the Gene Hackman version than, uh, than the Silver Age version.
0: Yeah. But, like, even through, like, watching that, like, I... I liked that show a lot as a kid but even from that to like the Donner movies and even like Lois and Clark like the whole time I'm like well where's his battle suit like when's he actually like gonna fight Superman like fist to fist like you know like I I appreciate you know that he's like smart businessman and evil, and you know kind of like Derek said like he he was like more like the kingpin or something but like I appreciate that part of him but then I like I kind of like the the fact that he's like the super genius who hates Superman so much that he has to like physically confront him, like I don't know, that always appealed to me. So
1: yeah, I was I, gonna I, ask you what you thought of um, because you kind of are a proponent of this idea where you know he could probably like you know cure cancer and save the world if he wasn't so busy. You know, fighting Superman. I mean, is that something you think like, oh,
0: that's a cool idea, or is that something where you're like, oh, that's dumb, like, like he's just evil or whatever? No, like I, I think that's a cool idea. I mean, he's, I mean, Tony kind of hit on something that I was already thinking about. Like, you know, every, you know, Morrison kind of built up Batman as like the Bat God in the the fan aura, but I think really Lex Luthor would be the guy who has like contingency plans like out the wazoo and like. Lex would be the one plans within plans. He's like, "Oh, Superman, like you flew right into my trap," and you know, like it just like sets off a series of events. You know, like even if they cause in the Justice League, like Luke or Lex is going to be prepared for that. Like that's that's kind of how I see Lex. But yeah, yeah I can totally me, see like, him. I,
1: I wanted you to break out of that jail cell because I knew the fragments would be the building that would launch the fire alarm that would you know be like. Uh, the police and then they'd all run away from the bank that I really need to get
0: into or something. like. Yeah, like I basically I see Luthor as like, you know, kind of like Doctor Doom but I guess he's like, he's the evil Tony Stark like, I see Luthor like working on stuff just as a hobby, like, you know, it's like, he's Luthor he, he's going to cure cancer in his mind as, you know, a hobby to keep his mind sharp, you know, something like that.
5: <laughs> it's a side project. <laughs> I, I think uh, when you were talking about that, uh, Derek, just a quick little thought that popped in my head. They they kind of hit on this on some comics. Depends on who's writing uh, Lex, of course, but they they usually kind of go with the fact that Luther is actually very much a humanist. humanist. He believes that like you know the human race should be the ones in control of the earth, and he hates Superman for being this alien douchebag who comes in and saves the day and stuff. So I think in like Luther's head, he's like. I would totally cure cancer, but I have to get rid of Superman first, you know? And his mind is like, you know, he could do all this stuff, but everything always takes a back burner because when, once Superman's gone, he could totally do this unabated and get all the glory and be, you know, Lex Luthor, king of the world, you know, and all that stuff.
3: Didn't, didn't isn't there like a Superman quote where like, uh, like uh, like Lex Luthor like is yelling at him and he says like you know I could have done all this great stuff if you hadn't gotten in the way and Superman yeah. says like oh you no you wouldn't have because you know you don't care about anyone but yourself or something yeah you know?
1: I mean I, you know, yeah they, they you know you pull the rug out from under that that rationalization that he gives but I mean he's the kind of guy who would give that rationalization like oh I would yeah I mean that's what awesome, he thinks it's not true you know, but yeah he's gonna like, do all this awesome shit. And didn't have to contend with with you, you know, so. Yeah, it gives him like a
5: little bit of a kind of an out for himself for some of his failures. Like, oh, it's Superman's fault I fucked up, even though I fucked up, (laughs) you know, that kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, yeah, um, all all some interesting picks for uh, Lex Luthor just from what you heard from the fan holes. Superboy, the TV show, uh, the Donner movie, Superman the animated series, uh, Smallville even got a little bit of love here and there, not too much. Um, the like, like I guess, like I said, with like Derek, kind of like the uh, Legends of Superheroes kind of superpowers era with uh, Battle, Battle Suit Flex. Just yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different <clears throat> versions of this classic character. So take it on yourself to uh, find out which one you like best. Uh, the only of... the
1: only real version that leaves a bad taste in my mouth is uh, the DC Comics, the biz figure that punches himself in the head. Like, I was really disappointed <laughs> with that figure. Because I, like, I was like, oh, awesome, they made a business suit Lex figure. I was like, cool, all right. Because, you know, I had the superpowers left, and I was like, oh, cool, they made a business suit one. And I was all excited, and, like, basically, like, he's got a ring, you know, but, like, if you, if you click the back of his, you know, on his back it's to do the action, you know, it's supposed to be, like, a kryptonite ring power punch to Superman or something, you know? But then, like, the, the punch, just, it's like his arm just goes straight up into, the, like, the corner of his bald head. And I'm like, what's <laughs> he you doing? He's just, like, hitting himself. <laughs>
5: like Luther with stupid, stupid, stupid power. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Nice. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, well, except for that, Lex Luther. <laughs> Check out which one you want. You uh you may like the best. Um <clears throat> like I said, he's a he's a classic character, iconic character, so I mean can't go wrong, just uh, you know, like I said, l- look into some research find out uh which Luther you'd like to read about.
3: People of Earth, I am Lur of the planet Nintendo sixty four. Tremble in fear at our three different kinds of ships.
5: Um, the next topic we're gonna move along into is video games. Haven't touched video games for a while, we uh, thought we'd go back into the uh, realm of bits and pixels and wonderfully in-depth video games. One of the ways you play these is on a console, you gotta kind of have one of those. If you have a disc and no game system, you're kind of fucked, so... uh, (laughs) It's a coaster! (laughs) So, uh, we're gonna talk about our favorite consoles. Uh, Like I said before basically all a console is is the game system i mean you know i i don't want to talk down anybody make anybody feel you know stupid but not everybody's up on the lingo um everybody on the fan holes is no just kidding um consoles are uh wide and varied uh for a long time especially in the late uh 90s early 2000s and even now not as much but console wars were huge i mean it was always like sega versus nintendo and then after sega got killed and it was like playstation versus nintendo versus xbox it just goes crazy i mean you know there was turbo graphics all these all these systems fighting for like the uh the the right to claim themselves as the best console but you know what fuck that we're going to tell you which ones we like best because our opinion matters more um So we're going to go into the video games. I want to save uh, Brian's thoughts for a little bit later on because, uh, like I said, he's our resident gaming guru. So I'm I'm sure he would like to uh, expound upon his favorite. I will start with the person I ended with. Justin, what is your favorite gaming console?
0: Well, I I have to go with uh, the original NES system. Like, that's, that's my favorite one. That's probably the one I have, like, wasted the most amount of time of my life playing, like, just, you know endlessly frustrating games or you know like a lot of fun late nights playing nintendo like that's that's what i love like even to this day like i'll still play um like tetris or Mega man 2 or 3 or you know contra or whatever like on an emulator um like i you know some people prefer like all the latest games like for 360 or playstation 3 or whatever like honestly i would rather like just pick up a controller and play Mega Man 3 like you know like crazy like some of those new games were cool you know like um marvel vs. capcom 3 or whatever but i don't know like i like retro games i don't know why but i like i don't know that's, that's that's just what i stick with so i have to go with like nes
5: it's it's simple but so addictive just like you can just yeah. jump in and yeah you're, you're good for
0: hours <laughs> yeah like i i can still remember like the first time i played one as a kid like I, I had an Atari 2600, and I like I thought that was the greatest thing in the world. Like, you know, Pac-Man was awesome, man. Like, <laughs>
4: how
0: how could things get better from that? But things like I, you know, hook up the Nintendo, and I'm playing Super you, Mario. You know,
5: I can't believe you said that, Justin, because Brian has already told you that his mom suffers from Pac-Man fever.
0: Well, it <laughs> – I, I guess I was immune to it or something, but <laughs> I didn't have the fever, but uh, – but yeah like i still remember playing it for the first time and it just like it just blew my mind i'm like what this guy can throw fireballs what like, <laughs> um it was just it was just awesome
5: yeah uh, i nintendo definitely the nes many people said it uh, revolutionized the gaming industry because atari had pretty much died by that point there was you know I, there's <clears throat> always been the uh, urban legend or possibly truth that For example, the ET cartridge, there's like hundreds of thousands of those in landfills across the country. So, the Super, I'm not Super, but the uh, Nintendo Entertainment System really kind of helped save the gaming industry. So, yeah, definitely not a bad pick. Um, I want to go with Mike, because Mike is probably uh, (laughs) the the closest I can say is probably the the Padawan to Brian's gaming
3: guru. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a pretty crappy Padawan. I'm like
1: (laughs) a. I don't know. But.
0: You were the chosen one.
1: Mike, I'm braiding your hair as we speak.
2: You're <laughs> on the a little... console, but you are not yet a knight.
3: <laughs> <laughs> good one, nice pun there. Thanks. That's good. I'm going I'm gonna write that in my diary. <laughs> <laughs> Last night, Brian made this funny joke. I laughed about it all night long, <laughs> and secretly cried. <laughs> and secretly cried that I did not make that joke.
0: You have done that yourself. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I'm gonna. I'll chop off my little girly braid. Um,
4: Man up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Um well I've got like an interesting like console history. Um I I've said on this podcast before. Uh, my parents did not get me a Nintendo because they were like uh no, you know, like your schoolwork comes first and we don't want you playing like video games all like you know night or whatever. So I was like mom. So, you know, I didn't I I missed out on that whole era like you know Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis. Those were all things I played at other people's houses. The first thing I ever got was a Game Boy. And then, like, the first official console, like, I got was a PlayStation 1. Or, as we old-timers call it, just a PlayStation.
5: Um, Um, Mike, the fact that you said PlayStation 1 was your first console makes me feel old. So, thanks, (laughs) buddy. (laughs) Well,
3: it's it's funny, because... Yeah, my, my like younger cousins are like, oh, you got a PS one, and I was like, a PS one, it's just a PlayStation. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you know, <laughs> it's the the classic. Yeah, but no, and then I went from that to a Dreamcast to the original Xbox to my current console, which is Xbox 360. So that's my like console history. Um, out of those consoles. I would have to say, though, that Dreamcast is my favorite console, and I based that on the amount of games, like, that that were on it that I liked, which is probably, like, the highest amount of games that I liked on It any had a console. lot of
5: good games.
3: Yeah. Well, you, you guys know that I'm, like, a am a big fighting games fan, and, um... Like the amount of crazy fighting game, like obscure fighting games that Capcom released on Dreamcast is like crazy. Yeah. Like, like, uh, what's it? The Power Stone series, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Power Tech, tech Romancer, uh Plasma Blade or, or Plasma Sword. I forgot. Uh, yeah, 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 I Plasma forgot what that was sword. called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, whatever. That we, that, we, that um, game that
1: lightsaber guy marvel. Yeah, the
3: lightsaber marvel. guy. Yeah, was it uh, was it I Battle
5: Arena to Shinden on that too?
3: Um, yeah, that was, uh, oh, no, wait, that, that I, that's
2: I think that's on PlayStation.
3: PlayStation. Oh, okay. That, that originally it
2: might have been was both, like, too, but I don't
3: know. Yeah. And then, like, Soul Calibur yeah. was
2: originally on that, and,
3: like. And even,
1: you know, even, like, SNK stuff, like, I remember yeah. SNK versus yeah. Capcom, and all those kind of games, um, what was yeah, the Rival, all... Rival Schools, like, I had that, and there were yeah, a uh, lot of fighting games on that. that so there were a lot of
5: games. King of Fighters on there, too, weren't there?
3: Oh, uh, yeah, that, too, Yep. <laughs> I mean, I had at least five or six different, like, Street Fighter games, like, on that, like, Street Fighter or, you know, Marvel vs. Capcom or Marvel yeah. vs. Capcom 2, you know. Uh, Alpha um,
1: three I had, or... Yeah,
3: like, uh, other fighting games like uh, Virtual On and uh, a lot of stuff. Like, I, like, all the stuff I mentioned. So, just, like, for, so for sheer, like, um, volume of games that I bought, Like, the ratio is, like, way in Dreamcast's favor, basically. I will say, though, like, for an honorable mention and, like, a a side note, that the PlayStation controller is my favorite video game controller. Oh,
5: yeah, without a doubt, yeah.
3: Yeah, it just fits just right, and it has, like, enough buttons. Like, not too many buttons, just enough.
5: (laughs) Whoever designed that was, like, a genius. Um... Actually, I, I give you a little bit of uh, respect for Dreamcast. I don't know about Secret Brothers, because I never owned one myself. But uh, a friend of mine at the time did. And me and him would log in so many hours on fucking uh, Jet Set Radio. Um,
3: <laughs> yeah, I remember that game, yeah. Or
5: Jet Grind Radio, Jet Grind Radio. Yeah, I don't know why. It was just really fun. I'm going to go ahead and go next. Uh, why not? Mine is it's a really simple choice. Sorry, not a lot of detail. I had a Nintendo uh, entertainment system, but when I got my Super Nintendo, I thought that I had, like, you know, arrived. Because wow. I had a Genesis before. I had a Super Nintendo. And the Genesis was fun. I <clears throat> I enjoyed Sonic. I enjoyed, like, you know, what is it? The, 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 what was the Sonic thing? That they were blast processing. Yeah, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, But when I got my Super Nintendo, I felt that I actually had, like, you know, The best system available at that time. And I love me to some hell out of that. Some of my favorite games include uh, Street Fighter 2 when it came out. um, Demon's Crest. Great game if you haven't played. It's a little bit of an obscure game. Uh, Big fan of Chrono Trigger. One of my favorite RPGs of all fucking time. Uh, I could go on and on about the Super Nintendo games that were just awesome. But I, I guess the thing that really cements it is... Even now, kinda like Justin, I'm a much bigger retro game player than I am a current game player. I don't mind the new systems. I think they're awesome. I think they have like a lot of good qualities and yeah, you know, there there's nothing wrong with current gaming at all. There's good games out there. But there's just something about booting up an old game and just I don't know, going for the nostalgia, just playing an old game that you really love playing back when you're young. I don't know. It's yeah. like just says you can just get lost into it, you know.
0: Like, I, I remember playing, like, the demo for, you know, Super Mario World, like, in Walmart, and, like, it kind of blew my mind. And then when a buddy of mine got that, like, he was like, man, you know how many levels there are? There are 99 levels. And I was like, what? Are they crazy? We'll never finish this game. <laughs> 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 like, my but, mind blown. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, now it's like, pff, that's nothing. But, like, back then when you're little, you're just like, what? 99 levels? Like, how are we ever going to finish this? This is going to take years. <laughs> I know, right? I
5: was like, yeah. Just stuff like that. I mean, and also, I think even though Nintendo
1: is the uh, <laughs> you like, are like, like with a big, uh, big, uh, rips and wrinkled beard, like one more level. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> I'm on Star Road
4: now, motherfucker.
5: <laughs> uh... <laughs> um...
4: I'm a common princess,
5: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go to save you. <laughs> But uh, I I think one of the biggest things I give Super Nintendo is it started a lot of franchises that we love today, like uh, the Mario Kart series, still going strong. Uh, There was a really good Kirby game. You know, Kirby started on Game Boy. There was a really good Kirby game on Super Nintendo. Super Contra was fucking awesome. Regular Contra was great, don't get me wrong. Nintendo Contra is good. But Super Contra made me just want to fucking kill people because it was so hard at certain points Um, until you learn how to, you know, finesse your way through it just yeah just lots of good games lots of good stuff I, I have nothing but fond memories of Super Nintendo so that that's gonna be my pick I'm gonna go with that um in a in the spirit of being uh a, a benevolent uh host I'm gonna go with Derek next because I know that like he'll be like you won't we go after Brian after he listed all those great consoles you son of a bitch um Derek what's your favorite console what's one that you really enjoy playing
1: This was kind of a tough question for me. I I mean, I think uh, I'd like to be a secret brother alert with uh, with Tony and Mike, because um, uh, I I do really, really, uh, in terms of, I don't know about percentages, but in terms of of how much I played and what some of my favorite games are, I mean, the SNES had all these, like, wonderful side-scrollers that I really liked, whether, like, and Returns, or the, the Superman, you know, all those kind of things. And You know, like Mike, I love fighting games, and on the SNES, you know, there's all kinds of stuff where, it's like, you know, the Power Ranger Megazord fighting game, or even, like, <laughs> I know I know it makes my friend cringe, but, you know, like Justice League Task Force fighting game, like, you know, just, just stuff like that that I I spent lots of time playing and, and really got a lot of enjoyment out of. Um, and, and um, you know, as far as the Dreamcast stuff i mean we must have logged like that was the system to play marvel versus capcom 2 on it was like one of those things like oh we got to play marvel versus Capcom to at home well what do we got to get to do that it's like oh you gotta go and buy a dreamcast man and i'm like well we can't get it on playstation it's like well you can get a copy but man it's nerfed like it's not the same thing like you can't you know you can't you know, you just have assists, and you can't switch out characters. Yeah. That. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I went out, and I bought a, you know, it was like 99 bucks or something. I bought a Dreamcast. That was a good buy. Like, I wish I had kept it. Like, I want to go out and just find, like, a retro Dreamcast, you know, buy one and, and get some of those old games I used to have back. The, the main reason why I got rid of it was just because, you know, there were no wireless controllers for it. So it's like one of those things you kind of had to sit I would hook it up to the front of the TV, and there would be all these wires in the way and stuff like that. And at the time, it was not like, you know, I was like, oh, this messes with the feng shui, or whatever. And I just (laughs) figured I out. I have it on, you know, I have Marvel's Capcom 2 on the Xbox, and it's no big deal and stuff like that. And then speaking of that, I just wanted to bring up, like, as far as playing a bunch of different games, which is why it was a tough call for me is, I'd have to say the original Xbox, like, I did play tons and tons and tons of games on the system. I, I would have to say, like, of my, my gaming career, like the most games I actually played through and finished, whether, it was, you know, due to the help of my, my gamer buddy, or, you know, maybe it was just me on my own, or whatever. Like, the majority of games I finished, whether it's, like, you know whole ultimate destruction or the Punisher, or you know just you know a, a large number of games that system I man begins like whatever it was I was playing you know I would I would finish uh, a lot of games in that and so I, I definitely spent a lot of time playing those games so you know as far as retro types stuff like SNES I, I can't argue with that like I really loved it and as far as a little more current you know I I own I mean as far as gaming stuff, like, I own a PS3 right now, but to be honest, like, even though I've finished, like, you know, one or two games on it, and I own, like, a couple games more, like, I, I have to say I'm more of a video file, and I use it more as a Blu-ray player than anything else, but, um, you know, as far as, like, you know, more recent stuff, um, you know, I, I, you know, Dreamcast and Xbox were also my you know, favorite consoles of mine. So.
5: Cool, cool, yeah, like, just a, <laughs> a couple of honorable mentions there. Um, we're going to go to Brian next for his favorite consoles. I, I say different last not because I'm hyping him up because you're going to be amazed, but I just know that Brian has a lot of, uh, knowledge about systems and whatnot. So I, I think he's going to give us some, uh, good, uh, introspects on, uh, what system, uh, he liked the best.
2: Yeah. Um, I narrowed it down to three. Um, but they're pretty, pretty obvious choices. I think, uh, the ones I picked were the NES, the super NES and the PlayStation three. Um, like as you guys know, obviously with Pac Man Fever and whatnot, like we did have a <laughs> we did have an Atari when I was little. But that was mostly like um my mom's game, you know, it wasn't really our game or our system. And then, you know, when the Nintendo finally came out, like that's the that's the system that was bought for like me and my sister. So it's it's the first system that I actually felt like, you know, was mine and like, you know, just wasn't something my parents had that I could play occasionally. So um Starting out, you know, I wasn't a huge gamer, so I logged, you know, plenty of time on the NES, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, I was also into things like baseball and whatnot, playing outside. So I I didn't really get... You could play
5: baseball outside and not just on a video game?
2: It's weird, but (laughs) yes.
1: I only played baseball and and pizza joints on the little uh, trolley video game console.
2: (laughs) Um the the console I really became, you know, quote-unquote, like, hardcore gamer was probably the Super Nintendo. Um, as Tony said, a lot of sweet franchises started out on the Super Nintendo. Uh, one he neglected to mention would be Star Fox, which is oh, yeah, one, yeah. one of my favorite games still. Um, but the the reason I included the PlayStation 3 in the list, um, as iconic as those other systems are, is because, like, the sheer amount of time that I spend playing it and also like the volume of games that I have for it, because I have like, I think I, I broke the hundred hundred game mark like a while ago.
0: I'm nice.
2: sort of scared. I'm so, sort of scared to count because I'm afraid my wife will find out. But I'm pretty <laughs> sure I'm close. Um, and like, there there are some of those games that I've played for hours and hours, like Warhawk. Um, it's an online only game, but. Uh, I, the last time I checked, I'd logged over 500 hours into that thing. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, and then that uh, is another like online. Uh, it's a first-person shooter, and I have over 300 on that. And as much as I love, you know, retro gaming and the classic games, there's there's no game I could play for that amount of time on on the old systems. So those are my three choices. I am kind of yeah. glad you guys mentioned the Dreamcast. Because it is kind of, you know, one of the uh, more, I don't know, not mainstream systems. And I think it, it, I don't know, I I never felt it had the success that it should have. But it's interesting to hear, like, Derek say that it was the game to get, you know, X and X fighting game on it while the PlayStation wasn't. Because it, it was kind of the first console to reach, like, arcade parity, like, at the mm, same time. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, the, the fighting game ports were almost like exactly the arcade game at home, whereas the PlayStation 3, you know, couldn't do that type of stuff. Or even like oh, yeah, like, like,
1: like Crazy Taxi, you know, like it was like, wasn't like, you know, if, I, I don't remember if there was one on the PlayStation or not, but I just remember going like, oh, dude, this is like going to the arcade and playing Crazy Taxi. Yeah.
2: yeah. I played a lot of Crazy Taxi. That's a fun game. Um, I was kind of curious if any of you guys had any other exotic systems like the 3DO, the Neo Geo, anything like that?
5: I was just going to say, I don't know if it's exotic, but I know a lot of people didn't have them. I had a, I had a Sega Game Gear.
2: Yeah.
5: So I, I like that. It was actually, as far as the time frame and everything, it, it gets blown away by like PSPs and everything, obviously, nowadays. But it really was a lot better than the Nintendo as far as graphics, but it just didn't have the support, so it died rather quickly.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, it's the first colored console, or handheld console, and like... But I think the the big drawback was like it took like six AA batteries or something insane. Oh and yeah, yeah. Could eat them in like two hours or something. <laughs> yeah.
1: You gonna play an RPG on this? <laughs> Good luck, motherfucker. <whatever. laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say I I, I guess my my gaming you know as far as exotic games is kind of limited because I think I think my history was kind of more like okay I had a twenty six hundred Atari and then after that you know. I had most of the Nintendo systems. So I was, like, pretty much strictly a Nintendo guy, because I was like, I you know, like you guys, I like playing Nintendo games, you know, and, and I really loved the SNES. I was like, oh, cool, Street Fighter two and, you know, basically everything else I was talking about, like all these cool games. And then, you know, I thought, well, naturally, I should go and buy the N64, you know? They're going to have Shadows of the Empire, and, you know, eventually mm-hmm. on there, I kind of grew to love Mario Kart and you know, various games like that. Um... But then I, I think after that was when I started to get a little diversion. You know, it was kind of like, oh, what's this other system these guys have? What's a PlayStation? You know, like it was like, oh, cool, they're playing Marvel versus Capcom, or they're playing. You know, I, I think the reason why I bought a PlayStation, damn you, Uncle George, is because of Masters of Panacazi. So, like, I know that's, <laughs> like, lame, but I was like,
4: dude, I gotta have it.
3: Um, I actually, I liked that game.
1: I was like, like, I, I, was I, like didn't, I, I gotta have a story. fighting game, maybe, you
3: know? Yeah, maybe I was just, like, blind in my, like, lust for any kind of fighting games back then, but you I thought like... I
1: was like you back then, because I, like, my friend's like, dude, why do you have all these fighting games? Like, like I had tons of fighting games, and that was like, I they, I was like, I gotta have Terracossi, I gotta... You know? so I went and bought the, the PlayStation. Yeah, well it, well,
3: it was like, yeah, well, it was like, you know, you were like, it's a fighting game, but with Star oh, Wars yeah, characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah
5: I could kick your ass with a sand person.
1: Yeah, so it was kind of funny. Um, and I was like, versus... Ooh, <laughs> it
3: was the same, yeah. Like it was the same, like voice for like every, or the the announcer was like yeah. so like stilted. Yeah. So it was like it was like Luke Skywalker versus Luke Skywalker. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> pretty much. You know, and I I kind of dug that they had like the different costumes and things like that. Like I was like I want to be Bespin Luke, yeah, you know, or whatever. But um, <laughs> you no, know, so like like I'm in mean, khaki, bitches. <laughs> I kind of got excited about that. And, and then, like I said, I think after PlayStation, like, we we played that for a pretty long time because we were playing, like, X-Men, Mutant Academy, and different fighting games like that. And then, uh, like I said, then when, when we really wanted Marvel vs. Capcom 2, you know, we went to uh, Dreamcast. And then eventually, like, my friend convinced me to buy an Xbox, and he eventually gave me his PS2. Um, and, and I had those two systems for like a pretty long time, and then I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm weird, but I bought a GameCube because again, because of a fighting game, I wanted to play the uh, one of the Naruto fighting games. So I bought a GameCube for that. And um, and then as far as my the rest of my history goes, you know, I had a I had a Wii, and then um, uh, or I had a PS3 first, and then I bought a Wii, you know, and that's about it.
2: I, I still play Mutant Academy with my stepdad. Like Nightcrawler's a beast in that game.
1: <laughs> I, I was always big on. Um, I was always big on Beast. Believe it or not, like, that was one of those things where I, I remember when people were having a tough time. I think it was like Mystique or something. And like my buddy was like, he. You know, people always you know call like, oh, you're a cable whore. You know, like on Marvel vs. Capcom. they just, like, you know, just like the same move. And it's like, oh, Hyper Beam! Hyper Beam! Hyper Beam! You B. know, like over and over again. Like, Mystique has like this cannon in Academy 2. It's like, you could just be a total, you know, like butt munch with it where you're like rocking there. <laughs> I remember that, like, So yeah. it's like Mystique just shoots the cannon like crazy. But it was like one of those things where like, you know, dude, who can beat like, you know mystique and it was like the only the only way we could do it was I um you know I was like I'll try it and it was like, it was like I, I picked B because he was like the character I was best at and I just loved like getting on people I was like get on top of a mystique and like bitch slap her and turn her around you <laughs> like, he all these like cool like throw moves and stuff because like in that game like it was so funny because like throw moves were fucking cheap like i always hated it when i was like stop throwing these. You know?
2: <laughs> yeah i think it had air throws didn't it
1: yeah you just you yeah get up and like beast would like be riding like some chest and he'd be like back him them up and down like they were riding the rio horse or something pretty-
3: <laughs> <laughs> can i just i was just gonna add uh before we got off this topic can i ask you guys i i, I already said it but can i ask each of you guys what your favorite controller is
2: no. Um, never <laughs> mine's, yeah. mine's a dual shock. But, you know, I've been a PlayStation fanboy for the past three consoles now. But yeah. I've always thought, like you said, you know, um the I don't have like huge hands, so like the Xbox bear claw like doesn't fit me at all. It's really <laughs> hard to like for me to play an Xbox. But um the PlayStation are like medium to small size controllers, so like they fit my hands perfectly. And like I don't know, the buttons now just feel Like, it's automatic, like, I know where everything's at.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I
1: think think I'd go with the DualShock
5: thing myself. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I just. I, I think we can all agree, whoever's played one or owned one. Worst controller ever? N64.
3: (laughs) <laughs> it was it was neat initially like you know it was like oh there's like a joystick on this thing and there's like you know and but then and you were it, like and it's right of in the like,
5: middle where i can't reach it that's yeah the then thing. you
3: were like oh it's kind of useless
1: though yeah <laughs> i know i'm just supposed to use like the old game controller or something for the wii but if you've ever tried to play a fighting game with like the nunchucks like that's
0: pretty awful too <laughs> yeah, I always use well, the, the GameCube like, controller for any kind well, of like of I,
1: when I played um, whatever it's called, Sunoco versus Capcom. Like I just used the nunchucks. You know, it's kind of like you have a controller, but it's split in two. And I was like, ah, what am I doing? You know. <laughs> I Can't punch. Well, I can't
5: punch? How do I shot web? <laughs> like I'm eating a hamburger, but it's split
4: in two. <laughs>
5: Um. Yeah, that's that's always been, like, you know, one of the bigger maker breaks of some systems is the uh, controller. I, I agree with uh, Brian. The Xbox, I don't know what they're thinking when they designed those damn things. It's just like... It's like
2: a frying pan with buttons on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's huge.
3: I, I actually preferred the large Xbox controller to the small one, just for Halo, at least, just because it was more suited for a first-person shooter. But, yeah... I I forgot what. It was like buttons in a different place on the small one. Oh, the white and black buttons on the small controller were in a different place than they were on the big controller, and those were like important buttons, because it was like... Well, they weren't, but I I needed them. (laughs) That's what what I remember.
5: (laughs) I, I think the only thing the Xbox ever had over PlayStation is the original Xbox compared to PS2, was that you could turn off and turn on the Xbox with your controller. That was about it.
3: Hmm. yeah that's that's always cool i dig yeah. that but uh
5: yeah lots of consoles <clears throat> just to give a couple of uh honorable mentions that may not be anybody's favorites but if you want to check them out there's also like the saturn by sega uh <laughs> i had that I, I i liked it i thought it was a pretty good system um if you want to punish yourself you can get an atari jaguar um
2: hmm. or the links the on the yeah. go
5: gaming on the go you really want to punish yourself, you can get Atari Jaguar CD system, which doesn't work. Yeah, there's a lot of systems out there, Uh but yeah, the, your, your best bet is probably picking one of the more newer generation systems, or, and not that I would suggest this, you can get an emulator and play a lot of old games for free, but you didn't hear that from me. <laughs> me and Justin would never do such things, right, Justin?
3: Nope. Exactly. Diecast construction! It's a lost art. <laughs>
5: We're going to go ahead and uh, truck on along down the uh, pop culture boulevard, and we're going to come up to our next topic, which is going to be Transformers. We've talked about Transformers many times. You guys know we're fans of them, so no big surprises. This has popped up again. Uh, One of the things that has happened in toys, though, especially in the last, I'd say, about 20 years, is engineering and sculpting and just how toys are made has almost advanced as much as video game technology whereas like you know video games are kind of clunky and you know not very well rendered back in the old days because there's limitations same thing with toys you know they were cool I mean I really like some of my old toys but the fact is they were still not as advanced as the newer ones. Transformers is a very excellent example of this. You started with G1 again not bad toys at all but as you look at later ones you see some limitations but they had a slow progression from G2 to Beast Wars to like, you know, all these lines. They, there was always something that like was kind of shown to be like a progression in how they made them. Um, what I kind of wanted to like, I thought would be the main, I guess you say, crux of this uh, topic is what advancements have really made Transformers better toys, or what advancements did you really think were just you know, super cool, awesome. Trying to think. I don't think I've actually started with Brian on a topic. So I think I would like to start with you, sir. What is some really cool stuff that Transformers have done to make toys better?
2: Um, The biggest thing I can think of is just ball joints um, and making them superposable. Um, but I will say there was definitely like a learning curve as they were adding those to the toys. Because there's a distinct period of Transformers that I really don't like. And um, it's not for like the toy designs or character designs. Uh, no, character, character designs is more thing. what I mean. It's not because of those. It's because, like, um, I'm speaking of, like, machine wars probably through Beast Machines. Like, that era toys, like, um, the transformation was almost more about just folding a toy to, like, where the legs or arms, like, looked good enough, and then it was transformed. Whereas, you know, I, I'd always like toys that, like, I don't know, I'd say had a definitive transformation where, like, you know, this leg snapped in here and this tab fit in there, and I think they kind of got away away from that when they're first, like, experimenting with, you know, the ball joints and stuff.
1: It kind of reminds yeah. me of, like, when you just, like, stuff, stuff in a closet. It's like, wait, stuff this blanket in the closet. Whoops, the blanket fell out. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't really fit, especially when, like, guys would, like, you know, even some of the robots in disguise guys where you'd, like, it's like, oh, he's a car. Can I roll him on the ground? Not really, because he's got a
2: bunch of arm stuff on his right. <laughs> stuff. Yeah. yeah, that's some some they've seemed to like improve like um, more recently, generations and stuff. And like most toys now are pretty solid. But yeah, there's I mean, Beast Wars 2 had a lot of like kibble, like with all the animal pieces hanging off. Like, I don't know, especially like the basic size figures that always had like animal legs sticking out the side of the robot legs and just goofy stuff like that. I didn't care for.
5: Yeah, I think one of the the one line that a lot of collectors usually uh, bitch about incessantly, as far as extra kibble and like, what the fuck are they trying to do? Is besides uh, big convoy, a lot of people hate Beast Wars Neo
3: <laughs> shell formers.
5: Yeah, I'm like I'm Break. What's that on your hand? It's a gun. No, it's the back of your penguin body. No, it's a gun. You
1: know? <laughs> Man, this Break is awesome, dude. He's he's the hot rod of Beast Wars Neo.
3: And you ha- you have to you have to be hardcore. You have to like step up if you have like you know a penguin's ass on your arm. So you know,
2: <laughs> it's like wearing alley viper colors. You got to be a badass to pull it off.
3: <laughs> you got promoted
5: to shell former. Oh, like, shit, I will badass. I will
1: skate you into oblivion.
5: <laughs> and, and, and his beast mode was great because he, as far as I know, couldn't do shit. I don't actually own break, but I've heard lots of horrible things about him. Um, I think the only one I ever owned was Stampy. Remember Stampy? I do. (laughs) I got rid of him. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I kind of regret it now, because I kind of want all the old Beast Wars Neos guys. I don't know why it's it's one of those nostalgia things. (laughs) But yeah, Ball Joys is definitely a huge advancement, because, you know, back in the old days, you would have toys that didn't move at all, Mm -hmm. really. There's a couple that had, you know, a little bit of articulation, but... Probably like great examples of as we've called them in the fandom, brick formers, would be guys like uh, I'm trying to think of that, but like uh, Sixshot, not really that posable,
2: you know. Really- Hot Rod always pissed me off as a kid because like how cool his character was, and then when you get him in the robot mode, like the only thing he can do is, like, bend at the elbows. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and
2: his, like, shoulders turn in and out, and that's and he it. Can,
3: yeah, and he can, like, sort of, like, shrug inward, but that's it. <laughs> so, that's
2: yeah.
1: It, I don't know. <laughs> I, I know you're talking about, like, then and now, but I guess I guess that's why, even though they didn't transform and they get a lot of grief, like, I always loved playing with the Ash Masters because I was, like, you know, they're kind of like G.I. Joes with Transformers and stuff, you know. I remember I used to use the... Uh, a rad character he was kind of like i pretended he was like hot rod sort of or whatever he was like red and he looked like he transformed into a car so you know i kind of always wish they had made a hot rod action master because of that same reason you know kind of like you know whether you're Rodimus prime or hot rod you know it's like oh rodimus what's up oh my legs are glued together all right carry on you know, like, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know that kind of thing um, you know i'm gonna go stand on uh, on the back of my Winnebago blow up motherfuckers, you know, or whatever. But, um, you know, like I always dug, you know, in terms of, of technology or whatever, the more uh, that character could be know cartoon accurate for lack of a better term like the more i kind of got excited you know like even if it was just even if it was non-transformable or whatever you know like an action master but also like you know like some of those um you know pvc type guys or the you know the thing i always mention those uh you know mega uh, you know figures or whatever like with the little interchangeable like, hands yeah. and stuff like all those things i always kinda got super excited about you know it, it, I guess there's a trade-off, too, because it is kind of disappointing that, like, a lot of dudes aren't metal anymore, you know, like, the, you know, the whole, yeah, like, uh, where's the like really solid toy, and you're like, oh, this has wheels and rubber wheels, and, and, and it's made of metal, and, you know, you, you knew that they're, you know, you know, for, you know, not to harp on it on an old joke, but, you know, the whole die-cast construction is a lost art thing, and, you know, just, you know, and that, that applied to, like, a lot of toys, I guess, you know, like spaceships and things like that. Like, I remember I had a, a die-cast Millennium Falcon or a die Enterprise and things like that, so, like, that, that kind of stuff, I guess, is a trade-off that I miss where I'm like, oh, dude, like, Shockwave might have been a semi-brick, but, man, he was, you know, he was metal and, like, <laughs> kicked ass, and, you know,
4: like that kind of thing. Uh,
5: actually, for the I, time, Shockwave was considered superposable shit.
0: Yeah. Back then, uh, anyway. I remember being a kid and playing with that die-cast toy of the Enterprise-D, and, like, I would be pretending it was flying over, like, a planet or something, and, like, the saucer section, you know, you could detach it, like, it fell off and hit me in the head, and, like, about knocked myself <laughs> out. <Man. laughs> like, I was like, like,
5: that must fucking hurt. yeah. It's fucking Deanna Troy
4: in charge again? Fuck. God damn it, Deanna. Leave Seth's forehead alone.
0: <laughs> Look, I just um, made a part of the story like, you know, Q was up to his old tricks again. <clears throat> like, fucking with me, man.
5: I, I, yeah, we, we, we hit on that uh, on one of the Transformers uh, topics. Like, yeah, it, it did kind of suck where okay, you got Optimus Prime and you're like, oh, it hey, looks kind of like the cartoon. That's not too bad. You know, oh, I got Soundwave. It looks kind of like the cartoon and stuff. And then, like, you get fucking brawn, and you're like, what the fuck is this horror show of a fucking action figure? Jesus Christ.
1: <laughs> well, like, my favorite stuff is always Ironhide and Ratchet, you know, I was like Oh, yeah, their yeah. Heads, you know, and stuff <laughs> like that.
5: Yeah, so, yeah, that's one thing that actually has <laughs> uh, progressed as well, is they've actually made the characters look definitely more like the cartoons.
0: Yeah, like I I can remember getting like some of those first Beast Wars figures like Rat Trap and Pterosaur. Like I probably hadn't bought a Transformer in, a, in like a few years, I guess. And then I remember like you know watching like your cartoon. And I'm like, well, Pterosaur looks you know pretty much like the guy on the show, but Rat Trap like he's got like some extra like parts sticking out of his robot mode. Like I don't really <laughs> care for that, you know. But.
1: Like feet hanging off them and shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember I kind of enjoyed, like, all the, well, not all of them, but I, I did enjoy the Transmetal 2 figures because that's when I sort of started getting into, uh, you know, East Wars and started trying to buy figures and stuff. So I was like, you know, like, as, like characters like Air Razor kind of are more applicable to what Brian was talking about, where, like, they had extra folded arms and stuff. It's like, oh, quick. If I just do a uh, uh, somersault, yoga flip, sit up underneath the bird image. I should be <laughs> informed of, you know, and you're just kind of like,
0: yeah, okay.
1: It's like, hey, you're an eagle except for all these folded arms underneath you, you know, like pretty much. So <laughs> I always, I would, like, I appreciated, I guess, you know, like Transmetal, Two Megatron and stuff, because I was like, oh, it's kind of reminds me Lock and he's kind of, you know, all the. All, most of the parts, you know, have a, a place to go to and kind of, you know, if there was a cable, it was like covered up by a shield, you know, it's like he might've had, you know, folded arms, but it's like his chest plate, you know, disguised that because it snapped over it and you, you weren't so like, Hey, why do you got a bunch of you know, goofy legs and arms folded up somewhere? Like, I, I don't notice it or something. Yeah.
5: yeah. I always thought that was like such a wonderful, like mess of a figure was, the fact that they made the first Megatron so big—he was like a, a super ultra size, depending on how you go with the classifications back then. But his fucking one hand was a giant dinosaur head, which they worked well into the show. I give him that. But even the show—they said fuck this tail weapon. He's got a hand. He just uses this in battle, and it's just oh yeah, I do not like that design at all. As far as far as just I don't know random uh, things that I really enjoy, as far as Transformer progression. Really small things, but the articulation's already been mentioned, so that's that's not, you know, something we should retread. I kind of always dug, like, one, the light piping on the eyes if it's done well. Because it kind of, I don't know, gives it, like, a little bit of a cool extra. And I think the uh, other thing I really liked, especially that it pretty much got shown in G2. Like, some G1 bots had it, but not many. But I really like... Weapons I could put some fucking wear when they're in a vehicle mode. <laughs> oh, okay.
3: Yeah. Uh addendum to that. I like that, but I don't like that like on like beast mode guys, where it's not really a weapon, it's just like their tail and they're like, Look, uh, it's like a whip or something, you know? And it's I'm like no, track. it's their it's their fucking tail and you just <laughs> stuck it in your hand.
5: Yeah. Like I going to cut you with this sword.
3: It's just your tail,
5: dude. <laughs> like no, no, it's a sword. Look, look, look. And I was trying to think of like a really bad version of that, and I'm trying to think off the top of my head. The yep. worst
3: I can I can tell you the worst one. Oh. The the classics Cheetor that they released a few years ago because literally yeah, uh... just. It's just his friggin' tail that comes off and store like it's his look. It's his battle whip, and it's like it's just a little furry like <laughs> stick. <you know?
1: laughs> I'm hitting it's you, for, for, you know. It's for when he gets blacker yeah, excited or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, blacker. You, know, you, you know who's good for that kind of thing though is um his hose head. Like that's a G1 guy where his, his yeah you know, his, his rifle like goes on the top of his uh you know, like, little fire truck, and, and his guns go on, like, the side of his, uh, cab and stuff like that.
5: Well, a lot of, the, the later G1 guys had, uh, had battle modes, especially, like, the combiner guys and stuff, where you just pretty much plug their weapons on their roof and stuff, and that was cool. I mean, don't get me wrong, it had, it had like, you know, that kind of added effect of, like, you know, oh, I'm getting shot at, I'm a car, I need a gun, but, uh... I, I kind of like it when you have the option of either like putting it on the vehicle mode or you know actually being able to hide it inside the vehicle mode so it looks like a regular car I don't know it's just a personal thing I like it just looks weird when there's like a you know uh friggin Prius driving down the road with a giant plasma cannon <laughs> mounted on the co-
1: yeah, yeah I was gonna <laughs> ask you guys cause I've never owned one but uh how how do like alternators like to this topic I mean are they awesome or are they are they Pros and cons to them. Like, what do you... Some
0: of them are extremely frustrating.
1: <laughs> yeah. To, to Alternators,
3: Grimlock. My oh. number one most frustrating, likely to give you a heart attack toy to transform. Yeah. Like
1: what? Since, since like say me, like I've never owned one. Like 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 I assume any Transformers fan is going to be like, oh yeah, we totally know what we're talking about. But like for somebody who's never owned one, like what what's part of the heck? Like like is it just it's like there's 20 million things to do. It's like stuff Everything has go to the lock up in a to.
5: certain way. Uh, okay. If you don't yeah. put tab A into slot B and then tab B that goes into slot A into like peg D that turns around and retroforms into like a fucking smurf that you ask three questions, then it won't go into slot And then,
1: then you're like then you're
0: fucked. Yeah. Even as a kid, like I never paid attention to the instructions. Like for me, part of the fun was figuring out on my own. But like getting an alternator, like that was the first time I actually had to actually look at the instructions and figure out like, oh, this goes here, and you gotta twist it around, and then it folds up here, and then you gotta pull this out, and like, uh, like it, they sometimes they do drive you crazy. Like like oh. Mike said, that master, or like not masterpiece, but that alternator's Grimlock is like really one of the worst ones I've ever transformed ever.
3: A lot and like especially like the U.S. ones, like their joints weren't like too tight, so like you'd get it into place and then you'd be, like you'd turn it over and something would fall out of him, like and you'd yeah. be like what, and then you'd be like oh son of a, and you'd was have to like, like take all his arms out out from under him again and reattach that piece that fell out of him.
1: Was there like, a danger of breaking those toys too, like because well, the, the, the Dakar ones
5: were actually made out of metal. Oh, okay. Like Vinyl they were actually metal uh, engineered and stuff, so they were a little bit more sturdier. But yeah, like Mike said, the American ones were all plastic, so yeah, there, there was some that I have a couple of stress marks on.
1: It's weird for me, like, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I, I always felt like, you know the old saying, how they say if you're going to learn a new language... It's good to learn it when you're young you know, because you retain the information, you know, at an earlier age. And, it's, you know, basically, if you're going you know, to teach kids multiple languages, you know, it's better to do it at a young age because they'll get used to, you know, the multiple languages and stuff. Whereas, you know, if you're like 88 and you're trying to teach somebody, you know, German or Cantonese or, you know, whatever it is, it's like it's going to be ridiculously hard because, you know, they're used to, you know, whatever idiosyncrasies of the language they originally learned, right? So I I always felt like, um, you know, transforming Transformers, it's like if you gave me a G1 Cyclonus, like not that it's like a super complicated transformation, but it's like I haven't owned one in years, I could transform it. If you gave me a G1 cup, I could transform it. You know what I mean? If you gave me, like, a G1 slag, I could transform it. But it was like, I remember buying, like, all those Beast War toys, and it was, like, Optimal Optimus, and it was like, yeah, I opened it up, and I kind of looked, I had to look at the instructions. Like, I wasn't going to guess how to turn Optimal Optimus into, like, seven different things or whatever, just by like, looking at them. But, you know, I kind of looked at it, and I probably transformed it in a couple modes, and then eventually I was just like, all right, you're in a robot mode, buddy, and that's where you're gonna stay. You know, like, <laughs> like I'm never gonna like know how to transform you by heart. You know, like,
4: mm-hmm.
5: I, I would say me myself, there's like not a whole lot of a learning curve because I can buy like you know generations or whatnot, and nine times out of ten, I don't really have to look at the instructions. I can kind of intuitively figure out what goes where and stuff. For me, any any toy that I say is hard to transform. May cause old people to have aneurysms and may make kids throw it across the room to break it. Because if if a toy totally makes me want to look at the instructions, just for me, I think it's fucking hard. Like like Alternator's Grimlock is fucking annoying as fuck. So that's just my personal opinion, though. Like, what did you think new...
2: of Perceptor, Tony? <clears throat> he's not hard. He's
5: just fucking annoying because those arms are just made to like want make you want to punch stuff. Yeah. It's just, they—they. They, I mean, there's nothing to lock into, first of all, like in robot mode. And then in vehicle mode, it's like you can put them exactly where they're supposed to be. But for some reason, if they're not lined up within like, you know, a half of a, you know, micro milli-friggin-inch of each other, the vehicle mode sucks. It doesn't mm-hmm. fit right.
2: Yeah. I've never transformed them back. But, you know, it is obviously because I detested transforming so much the first time. But he's really the only generations figure that I've felt that way about so far.
5: Yeah, he, he's—I don't know. <clears throat> when he gets in robot mode,
3: that's where he's staying. <laughs> yeah, I don't dig his transformation
1: either.
5: And this is classic. Yeah, I mean he, he's technically under generations, but yeah, he's a classics mode of Perceptor. Yeah, okay. like yeah, he's like the the G one revisited version, I guess. You what's say. He's a he's <laughs> a tank truck with a searchlight.
2: You know what sucks as far as that, you know, kinda guessing when you have a limb or a piece in the right place and not really knowing? Like frickin' Magna Boss. Like forming his like oh, mode. Oh that was frickin' awful. <laughs>
5: I only transformed him once. I never had him, but my friend did, and yeah, I, I almost gave him up a couple times. I'm like, "What the fuck <laughs> what is it... up with you, Ironhide?"
3: Yeah, he just like kind of explodes into like a, a mix of limbs. Yeah, <laughs> Bull! I'm oh. <up> legs.
2: <laughs> yeah, I hadn't even owned him until like maybe two months ago or something, and it was either off bot talk or a uh, bot talker on eBay was getting rid of him. so I got him really cheap. And um, he didn't have the instructions, so I was looking at him online which probably, like, further complicated the whole process. But, yeah, like, especially, like, I could get his face made, but there's something weird with his chest, like, I don't know, where Prowl's legs had to flip through it or something. And no matter, like, I couldn't figure it out from the picture because the drawing, like, absolutely sucked. And, like, no matter what I tried, like, it took me probably an hour just to figure out that, like, one part of the Gestalt transformation.
5: Yeah, I, I hate shit like that. It's just... Oh, I can't remember. I think it was you, Justin. Then you say, like, you can transform uh, Omega Prime like that now?
0: Well, I mean, not not like that, but, I mean, he he was one that, like, the first few times I transformed him, like, I thought it was difficult. But then it's like, you, I don't know, like, me, like, I transformed something enough. It's like, I don't know, it's like in my brain, but it's like, you know, I've been selling a lot of my Cybertron transformers. And, like, I bought all those brand new at the store. I transformed them a few times, put them on the shelf. And haven't looked at them since, basically. So like, I was getting them down. So I was like, you know, I'm like, all right, Cybertron uh, Snarl. Like, let's get you in the beast mode. I'm like, oh yeah, this goes here, this goes there, and boom, there it is. Like, I don't know, it's just it's like a reflex with me, I guess.
5: Yeah, I think that's what I was saying to Derek. Is like even like new figures, if I like you know turn around, look at it, you know, I can figure out how to transform it. Any toy that doesn't do that to me, that I can just look at it and be like, I can you know muddle my way through it. I might make a mistake here and there, but I'll figure it out. Any toy that doesn't do that for me, yeah, that toy fucking sucks.
1: <laughs> hmm. I guess that means for me, all the go-bots are awesome because <laughs> I can look at a gobot and transform. Stand up,
5: lay down. Stand up, lay down. Stand up, lay
1: down. <laughs> turbo, give me your arms. Push out your legs. The end. <laughs>
5: I remember I I think my favorite one was like I think his name is Tank. And like Oh yeah, you just flip his arms
1: flip his legs up and then. Yeah, he does do like it. a sit up and he's done. <laughs> put on put on some accessories and that's about it. Yeah. A tank.
5: And his his arms literally just hang off his sides. He's like, Oh I'll take that arm. That was huh. uh, that
1: was Peter Collin, wasn't it? On the show, I
5: think.
1: Might have been. Yeah, I think he was Tank. He was like, Sharker, what up? Huh? <laughs>
0: what up, Pyramid head How you doing bitch uh. Like something about Transformers that always Like impressed me as, an, as a kid Was like Triple changers Cause I'm like You mean this is a robot And a train And a space shuttle Like wow <laughs> And then it's you like, know you, you get the stuff like Six shot Like I never owned Six shot as a As a kid Like one of my buddies did And I was like Wow Like he's six different things Like that's amazing And then like I got a bit older, and then I'm like, wait a minute. Somebody actually had to, like, sit down and, like, design that and, like, come up with each of those modes. Like, I don't know. I always thought that kind of stuff was, like, really impressive.
1: Sometimes I think some of those modes are phony, you know, like, where it's like, hey, yeah, yeah. I- I'm a gun. And then it's like, hey, flip up, uh, like, wings and hey, you a
3: plane. you, You will not mock Robots in Disguise Megatron's giant <laughs> hand mode. Yeah, that's what I was going <laughs> to mention.
5: I was just going to say it was six shot. It was kind of funny, though, because it was like, you know, what Justin was talking about. It's a train and a, you know, that, I was like, you know, he's a gun and a wolf and a truck and a truck and a truck.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he's a jet in the tank, man. Come on.
5: <laughs> uh, two of those are trucks, damn it. And then then there was like his 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 son
3: quick switch, you know.
5: He's a brick and a brick and a brick. <laughs> <laughs>
3: He transforms from jet to robot to even uglier jet. <laughs>
1: I'm like the narrator. That's awesome. yeah,
3: I was going to say, that's right, Justin. He turns from fearsome robot to jet to jet. <laughs> they really
5: are more or less what we
3: see. <laughs> triple changers. They turn from your mother's money to our profit. Uh, Into your frustration. <laughs> yeah.
5: <laughs> like, you know, I there were some interesting ones. I, me myself, I don't really have any other advancements in Transformers I can think of. I any mean, guys want to add anything else? Laser rods.
4: <laughs>
5: oh God, that no, one
3: person on Bot Talk will be all over this fucking podcast then. <laughs> um, <laughs> Mini cons. I will give Laser Rod's props because they were like some of the first Transformers that had ball joints. So I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, you mean he can pose his legs? That's awesome. I had like Jolt or something, I think.
5: Hey,
0: Transformers sit down? (laughs) I mean, as a kid, I was just like, it's a Transformer with a lightsaber. (laughs) (laughs) So it was automatically cool. Yeah, exactly.
5: Um, Yeah, uh, yeah, Transformers, they, they... They've come a long way, baby. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, pick up a toy if you are a toy collector, and you know, see see some of the uh, nice little revolutions they made in the uh, toy manufacturing process. I lament
2: we... the loss of knowledge of how to make a good Gestalt.
5: <laughs> <laughs> how did we forget that? <laughs> yeah, I think actually, you know what? I will actually admit. I think the G1 Gestalt's do kind of pretty much beat the fuck out of all the new ones they made
2: mm-hmm.
5: I like Rail Racer
4: yeah
2: yeah, he's the only one I have posed with all my other G1 Gestalt guys
5: yeah I like the Micromaster 6 Combiners but that's still G1 so it doesn't count but yeah 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 So,
2: Sam please
4: if
1: you wouldn't mind just give me five minutes here
3: Dean this is a very serious investigation we don't have time for any of your blah blah blah, blah. Blah, 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 blah,
5: blah. We're moving on to the next topic on the fat holes. This is something that I know Derek is very interested in. Um, I've I watched more than a few episodes myself, so I, I will agree it's a really good show. Uh, like I said, on the CW, there's a show called Supernatural. Hank and Dean, remember? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> it's, it's, it's Sam and Dean, listeners. Sam and I know, I know.
5: I, I now I just want like Sam and Dean to like, you know, put their fingers together and go, you know, Winchester Brothers, go <laughs> <laughs> Um For for a quick little recap of what and then, the uh
1: Bob Bobby Singer could be crazy uh the crazy uh, guy or whatever. <laughs> Carol, what's his nuts?
5: Oh yeah, uh uh Sergeant Hatred, is that you're thinking yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Bobby. Oh <laughs> yeah. Um, Supernatural is a like I said, it's a show on CW. It's it's basically kind of uh in the similar vein of stuff that's come before like X Files and uh, <clears throat> you know um, Buffy. Buffy. Yeah, I was, I was trying to think of the uh, another show, but I couldn't think of it. Uh, Buffy is a good example too. It's horror. But it's also got a little bit of an edge to it. It's got some humor. There's some really good characters and stuff. It's not just straight out gore fest, It's uh, which you can't do on network TV. You know, they show a little bit of blood, but you can't do too graphic. But it's a horror show that is not always about horror. It is, it's a character piece as well. There's some really cool characters in it. Um, like I said, I know a little bit about it. I've seen more than a few episodes, but I know Derek's seen a few of them. I know we've done some homework. Justin, I know you haven't seen too many. I remember you said you are catching up.
0: Uh, what do you think about uh, Supernatural? Um, I really like it. Like, I guess for a long time, I kind of I kind of fought against the show. Like, I didn't really want to give it a chance. Like, I remember at the time, like, I had just moved, and I remember seeing commercials, like, for the series premiere. And the girl I was with at the time, she was like, oh, that looks interesting. You want to watch that? And I'm like, nah, it looks like Buffy, but with guys. So I, I didn't really give it a chance. <laughs> and then, like... Um, <laughs> a few years later my uncle was asking me about it he was like you watch that supernatural and i'm like no he's like oh it's really good you need to watch it and so after like a few months of him like constantly harassing me about it like i I finally borrowed like the first three seasons he had on dvd and i basically watched them all back to back and i really loved the show so i like kind of took my time like catching up like right now i'm almost at the end of season four but yeah i really enjoy the show like you know, something I always kind of go back to is just I enjoy the show. I enjoy the way the show is written. I like the way the characters interact. You know, like sometimes, well, usually they don't. They don't always get along. They don't always see eye to eye. You know, they they always hide things from each other, even though they know they shouldn't. And you know, like all. Sometimes that stuff. one of them turns evil. <laughs> yes, you know, sometimes they they die at the end of the season and come back. You know, it's you know your you're typical.
5: Sometimes some asshole calls one of them Hank. Yeah, it happens.
0: <laughs> <clears throat> I like all the like the uh, musical references. You know, like Dean's a big like classic rock fan, and yeah. you know they'll they'll always identify themselves as like you know somebody from like you know Little Led Zeppelin or Aerosmith or something. Like I always uh, I always appreciate stuff like that.
1: I forget what yeah. episode it is, but there was like this hilarious outtake with. Um, with shits and ankles and like you know there's a scene where he's supposed to be like you know singing or lip syncing like the he's singing eye of the tiger yeah yeah yeah, eye that was tiger. awesome like, that was probably like my favorite like little outtake where he does eye of the tiger and he leaps on the car and the whole yeah. thing it was pretty hilarious
5: yeah i i, mean, I, I think it's you know a pretty good show um I guess I'll go into my thoughts real quick, because I don't have a whole lot. I've already embarrassed myself by misnaming one of the characters earlier. Um I like the fact that it does do a couple things that Buffy did, but in this own way. It didn't just rip off Buffy. It wasn't just, you know, oh, we're going to make, you know, clever little, like, you know, Joss Whedon-esque, you know, type of remarks. It has its own sense of humor. Sam's not really, you know, that funny, really. But, like, Dean is just such a tough guy asshole that he's just he's i mean this sounds really weird considering he's like what i said but he's actually kind of lovable in a way because you're like you get the sense that he gets into his in, in over his head all the time that's like his trademark is like you know oh take care of this don't worry you know sam i got
0: this and then like you know 10 minutes later he's getting his ass kicked by you know a zombie or a ghost yeah, I, I think a lot of my favorite episodes are, like, Dean-centric. Like, I like the one in season four where they they go back to, like, one of their old high schools, and you you get some flashbacks, and you see Dean in high school. Like, you know, he, he's, like, macking on all these chicks and stuff and acting like he's too cool for school, you know. And then finally, like, this girl catches him in the closet with another girl, and she's like, you know, I thought there was something more to you than just, like, you know, this, this cool dude, but there's not. You know, you're you're just, like, you know you put up this front and you're just too scared to deal with everything like i thought that was a really good moment but but yeah like i, I really dig dean and like you know he's like kind of like you say like he's lovable but then he also has like that that attitude to him like a lot of the times the characters will just call him out they'll be like dean you're you're kind of a dick <laughs> you need to stop like <laughs> i like that like that's you know that yeah. seems kind of like a real world thing where you're like if you're out with your buddy and, you like, you say something, your buddy would just turn to you and be like, y- you need to, like, stop. You're kind of being a dick right now.
5: Yeah, like, calm down, sir. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, that's probably one my favorite thing is the interplay between uh, Sam and Dean. They just <clears> – <throat> the, the actors really work well of each other. They're, I mean, not in a – not any kind of romantic way, folks, so calm down. There's really good chemistry between them. You know, they, they work well of each other. They seem to – like, you can see these guys when they're on breaks from shooting. Like, you know, when they're, like, the craft service table or something like that. Or, like, you know, drinking some water while they're, like, setting up another scene. Talking about their characters and being like, so what are you going to do with this? And I'm like, oh, okay, i want to do this. You know, like, they actually give a shit about how the show comes out. Instead of just, like, you know, I'm here, I'm going to act by, you know. It's like, there seems to be a good, you know, repertoire between them. So that's probably one of my favorite things about it. Also, uh, just as a side comment. For a network TV show, even a lesser-known network like the CW, really good special effects. I think. I guess that's pretty much summing up my thing. I, I like how it showed. I like, I like the atmosphere it shows, and I like the characters. That's one of the reasons why I get into it. The fact that it's not badly written. Hey, that's just you know icing on the cake. So, Mike, what is what is something you like about Supernatural, or do you even like it?
3: Well, I'd never seen it before. You know, we decided on this topic, so. Uh, on the last show we did, uh, Warehouse 13, I just kind of watched a random episode, and that didn't turn out so well. So I did the more <laughs> sense I did the more sensible thing this time and watched the very first episode of Supernatural and prep for this show. And uh, I really enjoyed it, and I I actually think I might you know start watching it like you know catching up on it because uh, I I really dug the setup and yeah like I I liked uh, you know Sam and uh, Dean uh that I liked their relationship and like you know they really established it like who did what you know uh first off and you know Dean's the the uh you know uh the rebel and uh Sam's the uh the straight man and you know they really established uh, exactly who does what and you know uh I, I the it was a really strong pilot which ironically was titled pilot which made it helpful to locate the first <laughs> episode but, uh, yeah, I like that, and I, I liked seeing, uh, I I was pleased to learn that uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is their dad. I like Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah, he's cool. Uh, yeah, so, you know, I was really impressed with the first episode, and I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to track down the rest of it now, so that's really cool.
5: Cool, cool, yeah, glad that you, yeah, usually watching the first episode of shows like that, because I know you didn't know that Warehouse 13 is kind of serialized, they kind of build up all stuff. But Supernatural, if you jumped in like, season three or four, you'd be fucking lost. So, yeah, good choice on yeah, that
3: one. <laughs> that's what I figured. Out. I was like, I better just watch the first episode this time.
5: <laughs> yeah, definitely a smart move on yours. Um, I'm going to go ahead and jump over to Derek. Uh, again, this is not, like, the last uh, topic where I was, like, you know, trying to hype something up. But Derek is probably the most knowledgeable about Supernatural. He's watched a lot of the episodes. And uh, I know you like the show. So uh, just is found upon why everybody else should probably check the show out.
1: Well, I, I was going to start by saying you shouldn't feel so bad by making the Hank and Dean and Sam and Dean steak because uh, one of my favorite writers who works on this series is Ben Edlin. And you guys might know him from things like The Tick. Um, but uh, he, he worked on, uh, you know, season five of Angel <laughs> and, you know, wrote, like, some stuff for Firefly and Serenity and stuff like that, and... Um, You know, but he uh, also worked on the Venture Brothers. So in that sense, you know, you can see, like, you know, maybe somewhere along the way, you know, they always knew a Dean in their lives or something like that. So you got Hank and Dean and Sam and Dean or whatever. So it's not not completely out of the blue that, that, you know, somebody would would make that uh, mistake. Um, But speaking of Ben Edlin, like, I, I probably mentioned this in the past, but I think he's Guy that made me really really like the show, like speaking to uh, you know Justin's uh, take on how he was exposed to the show. I have to admit, I'm kind of secret brothers in that way. Um, you know, for me there were lots of, uh, as Brian might put it, there were lots of checks against when I first started uh, you know seeing it on television. I mean, I had just come off watching season four of Smallville. And Jensen Ackles was in that show. And he was one of those, you know, bland, uninteresting, do-nothing, you know, boyfriends that was a rival to Clark. So I was kind of like, oh, well, it's got that guy in it? Like, why should I watch this show? Were you worried it was
5: going to be, uh, like, you know, Dawson's Creek with ghosts?
1: Yeah, or like, you know, Buffy, but with dudes. Okay, (laughs) and they don't have superpowers. You know, like, okay, well, you know, and, and oftentimes it would sort of Come on after small and sort of be background noise, and then the other thing that I always thought was funny, which is never a good thing with me, but uh, I you know I would smile and put a happy face about it, but I would always have a girls you know coworkers that would come in and go, oh my gosh, they're so dreamy, just watch
4: it and call each other up and I'm a piece of-
1: and this and that, you know, and so for me I'm always kind of like, well, I could put up with that with Smallville because I like Superman, so it doesn't matter who thinks Tom dreamy but it was kind of funny because they would just go on and on about, you know, how Sam and Dean are dreamy and everything like that, you know, uh, <laughs> you, know uh, you know Jared and uh, and uh, Jensen or whatever, you know, and so like you know, at first you're kind of like, oh, I'm not going to watch that stuff girls watch that stuff, you know, <laughs> like that kind of thing, but uh, similar to That's uh, a chick uh, show <laughs> uh, But, you know, similar to uh, <laughs> uncle, You know, my dad was kind of like, hey, you watch this Supernatural thing? And I, you know, kind of in the background, whatever. But I would watch it with him whenever he would watch it. And I think, like, some of the earliest episodes I watched probably from the second season I was actually, you know, paying attention to that wasn't just background noise were written by Ben Edlin. And, and he, he's just got that sense of humor. You know, I love Adventure Brothers. I love Angel Season 5 you know, smile time is the episode that he worked on everything. you know, I just, I, I don't know what it is, but it's like, you know, simple like certain things that are funny, you know, it's very Seinfeld or, you know, uh, Jay Leno or, you know, whatever kind of comedians they dig, but, and, I, you know, I don't know what it is, but I just dig and appreciate, I totally get into his kind of sense of humor. And, uh, you know, a lot of that I think is voiced through, know uh dean winchester you know and that's why that totally changed my opinion of jensen ankles i was just like oh you know small almost must have just been you know kind of you know he, he was playing a stand-in you know kind of bland character there wasn't too much he could bring to it but man kind of like ben router on farscape it's just you know dean's a witty funny charismatic guy and i mean you can't help but like the guy I mean, you know, despite, you know, what you guys are saying about, you know, that he, you know, sometimes, you know, you see him a little in a harsh light on, you know, how he treats women or how, how you know, you know how he kind of views people in general. I mean, you know, dude, he likes hot women and he likes his bacon cheeseburgers. And, like, you know, I just, you know, I always dig all that kind of stuff about him. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean,
5: don't get me wrong, just because he does have those asshole moments. Like I said, he he does have that weird lovable air about him you're just like you, you cheer him on you're like you know like yeah he's kind of a dick but damn it he's my dick he's the cool guy he's gonna kick some ass oh yeah yeah you know and, you
1: know. So you, I mean and you can't help but love when you know like me and Justin were saying when he did his eye of a tiger thing I and mean, that's just fucking awesome you know like stuff like that um, you know like one of the uh, the, the you know the, the episodes that I would bring up all the time that Ben Edland wrote was Chasers I mean, I fucking love, you know, you know, just totally, you know, making (laughs) fun of all that stupid-ass fucking ghost hunter shit, and it's just like, it's so awesome, you know, stuff like that. Uh, You know, uh, another episode he he wrote that was really cool was um, Hollywood Babylon, I think, and that's like, or no, 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 I'm sorry, is a monster movie, and and like, uh, you know, that was like when he's like, oh, finally, we can just go back to monster hunting, you know, because they were with all this other, you know, end-of-the-world, you know, Ruby shit and stuff going down. And so, like, this is more like, you know, he's like, it's going to be a black-and-white case, and then all of a sudden it's kind of like old old monster movies and stuff like that. So everything's kind of, uh, you know, colored in black-and-white and stuff. And I know I was we kind of tough on season six, where I, I've been saying that kind of, kind of just the shark and everything. Um, but the, my my favorite episode of uh, season six uh, is called um, The French Mistake. And that was the one I, I probably mentioned in the past, but it's the one where they kind of, you know, leap into an alternate dimension. And it's like, wait, you guys aren't, you know, uh, Sam Edine. You're Jensen. You know, you're Jensen Akels. You know, you're Jared Pilecki. Like, you play these guys on TV, you know, and stuff like that. And that was kind of a good tongue in fun episode um, from that season, you know. So, you know, it's like, like I said, like, his sense of humor and stuff was something that I really keyed in on, and, you know, those are the the episodes that he worked on, I think, are some of my favorite episodes. So
5: I I was going to point out, like, one of the things I really like about the show, and I I forgot to mention this earlier, is it's really kind of amusing how, like, like, Sam and Dean are unlike a lot of characters. Like, a lot of badasses are just like, you know, let's go hunt the ghosts. We're going to, like, you know, kill the demons. We're going to do all this stuff. But they are fully aware that their life is fucked up. They they don't have any, you know, preconceived notions. They're not like, you know, people don't understand what we're doing. They're like, dude, we have a really fucked up life, but we have to do this because we're the only people who, like, you know, actually, you know, like, there, there's a couple other hunters, you know. They, they introduced them throughout the series. But, you know, they're like, There's, like, 10 or 15 people who know about this kind of shit who actually want to fight it. Everybody else just kind of ignores it and pretends it doesn't happen, but that doesn't make us normal. And I always kind of like that, that they, like, especially uh, Sam, he wants to be normal. He misses being normal, but, like, Dean's like, dude, we're never going to be fucking normal. And I don't know, that just I, I kinda like that, you know, kinda way they play that
1: off, you know? Yeah, they, they kinda have those characters like they have a burden to bear, you know, as opposed to I guess the rest of the the, the sheep like c column, you know, for, for these monsters and stuff.
0: Yeah, there's there's a pretty good episode in season four where Sam and Dean, like, get to lead normal lives. Like, Dean is, like, a VP marketing executive, and Sam works in the same building as, like, he's, like, a he works at a call center or something, and, like... Yeah,
1: yeah, that, that's kind of funny when you just shit on the, 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 the... Have you plugged the router in? Have you turned it <laughs> off? Have you turned it off? You know, like, yeah.
4: Yeah.
5: <laughs> but, yeah, it, it's, it's... It's definitely, like, like what Derek and uh, Justin were saying, if you're turned off by it because you think, oh God, it's just gonna be two dreamboat guys fighting ghosts and, you know, having a, you know, happy moment at the end where they hug and they like get the girl. Yeah, nothing like that at all, motherfuckers. It's 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 pretty grim in some of the episodes. <laughs> um they go through some really fucked up shit. Um uh, not a lot of happy endings. At best they might beat the monster they're fighting, but you know, every week they're like, We've killed one demon. According to, like, you know, our father's journals, there's only like 15,000 more out there. So, yeah, there's there's, there's no, like, happy ending for them. But I would definitely <clears throat> definitely say uh, check it out. I mean, I like I said, I have not watched as much as Derek. And actually, considering how much Justin has watched now, I'm actually kind of behind compared to him. I, I catch episodes when I can. But it's it's a really strong show. And like Mike, I have tried to catch up a little bit more. And, you know, want to catch up more because, you know, good TV is hard to find. So, yeah, definitely check out uh, Supernatural. It is still airing on the CW. It's on season six or seven. 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 And uh, it's still airing. Uh, again, like Mike, you might want to go check out the first episode first and kind of build up to it because if you jump in now, you're not going to know what the fuck's going on.
0: Um. <laughs> there, there's also, like, an anime version, but... Me and Derek kind of agree it's not really worth your time. Like, it looks pretty, but no.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. It was kind of weird. Like, that That was interesting because it was something I was actually able to get my dad to watch because he doesn't normally like watching, you know, animated type stuff. And um, it was like, I, you know, you were kind of on the idea, oh, Jen Nichols does the voice and, and Jared Petaletti does the voice. But it's like they only do the dub voice when the other one isn't there. So it's kind of like odd because it's kind of like, you're like, it's like, you know, watching Kevin Conroy do Batman, then Tim Daly is doing Superman, but only in every other episode. So then it's like, it's like Kevin Conroy's like, yo, what's going on, Superman? And then all of a sudden he's like,
4: I'm Superman!
1: You know, and you're like, wait, that <laughs> sounds totally wrong to me. You know? And then the next episode, it's like, Tim Daly's kind of like, Hey Bruce, like you better buy yourself a new sense of humor, you know, uh, you know, boy. And then you know, Batman's like,
4: "Hi, I'm Batman."
1: You know, and you're just kind of like, that just sounds a little odd, you know, like it's a little yeah. odd. And then they're they're kind of like 22 minute adaptations of some of the episodes. So like yeah. it was funny. By the time we we, we my dad only watched two episodes, and we, you know, we already kind of came to the conclusion. We're like, well, wait, that's him, but that's not him. No, then the next episode was, we're like, wait, that's him, but that's not him. And then he's like, <laughs> uh, my dad's like, I've seen this before. I know what the ending is. Do you know what I mean? I remember this. It's the ghost lady, and she's on the bridge. And, you know, like, it was just. he's like, I've seen this already, pretty much. Yeah, so, it's like, like, it's like it animated, have you, you heard know? about
5: Supernatural? It's back in Pog form. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's
1: back in, in, in kawaii form. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So. <laughs> Um,
5: but yeah, yeah. Again, uh, as far as I can tell, everybody's pretty, uh, positive about it. So that's definitely something everybody should check out. We will probably have a couple of the, uh, seasons on the, uh, Amazon spinner from our good friend Derek. So definitely, uh, pick one up if you want. They're usually pretty cheap. Um, we're gonna go ahead and soldier on to the last topic of the Fan Holes podcast that we always do every time we, uh, converse with each other. Something awesome in your universe, town, area, location. Whatever, this week. <laughs> uh this basically is just where we clue you in on something we saw or did or are aware of and it kind of rotten our world this week. I am going to pick out of the magic top hat that I just decided to mention that doesn't exist. Uh yeah, Derek, what's something really awesome in your world this week?
1: Um I just wanted to mention Two things one's kind of a repeat from last week, but uh, you know I've been following it week to week, and uh, the you know uh, by the time this airs, it'll probably be way into the season. But as of this recording, um, just last night I watched the uh, third episode of Spartacus: Vengeance, and um, you know I'm still definitely enjoying that show, kind of for some of the same reasons. You know the fight scenes are really awesome, and I do uh, love the way I use modern day technology to tell the story. You know whether it be you know, kind of like slow-mo and then speed up elements of fighting or just, you know, the whole, uh, you know, transition authority scenes where they use green screen to sort of, you know, change the, the background palette but keep, you know, keep the, the, you know, foreground, you know, person in focus and just, you know, lots of cool and clever ways to do that and, and I think it's really awesome and, um, I'm, you know, I'm enjoying the show. Um, like I said, a friend of mine is on the show too, so that's good for her. Um, you know that she's on a what I think is a really cool show. But anyway, it's it's a lot of fun to watch. And, you know, in terms of um, you know, like I, I, you know, for me, I get into some of that stuff where people are involved in the the ultra violence, I guess, as uh, Alex might say on Clockwork Orange. But uh, I really enjoy kind of watching everybody, you know, fuck people's shit up and you know all that kind of stuff. Um, so that's. You know that's a pretty awesome show and uh you know, like I said, third episode just came out. It was pretty awesome. Um and then uh this is kind of a response to something Brian asked me a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if I addressed it or not, but I just wanted to address it on air. Um, which is um I, I know I was kinda of hard on the first issue of uh, Justice League International, uh when the D C uh new reboot came out and I remember at one point Brian had asked you was know, there anything that, that you you know, changed your mind about, or is there anything that got better for you? And uh, I've read the first five issues now of Justice League International. And, I I mean, I still think there's some element of uh, one-dimensionality to some of the, you know, Russian and and Chinese characters and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, having said that, I I do kind of appreciate where it went. I mean, it it did kind of help with with a big epic villain. You know, he's kind of like a Mongol dark side kind of... uh, You know, wannabe, for lack of a better term. He was pretty epic in terms of, you know, villainy and stuff like that. But as far as, like, Booster Gold goes, I mean, you know, he's kind of the leader of the team and the main focus. And it's kind of nice to read a comic where Batman's there... But he's only kind of in an advisory capacity. And, you know, he's basically the whole time going, you know, rah, rah, booster, I believe in you. So it's kind of nice to see that instead of Batman like going, here's a sponge and sticking up some guy's ass. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's kind of nice. To, you know, like Batman's there and he's helping and he's part of the team and everything. You know, he's definitely in support of Booster Gold and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's it's nice to see the other characters, you know, whether it be, you know, Guy Gardner or Godiva and and especially Booster Gold kind of taking the forefront as the leader of the team. You know, it's kind of nice to see those characters, you know, holding and maintaining the spotlight, you know, and, and, you know, it's fine that Batman's there. I got no problem with that. It probably, like I said, helps sell the book that Batman's on the team, but uh, it's kind of nice that he's not. You know, basically, you know, here's my bat yo-yo, it's taking down the guy, you know, or whatever. I like that, uh, you know, he's involved, but that it's not... Uh, the focus, yeah. Yeah, he's not the focus, he's not the over-ending reach of, of all the solutions on the, the team and everything. So, I mean, as far as just, you know, it's not me changing my opinion. I still think the first issue wasn't, you know, wasn't the strongest of first issues. But, I mean, as far as the entire arc goes, I do think it got better and it was something that was know fairly entertaining read you know so i i, I ended up enjoying it a bit more and uh, you know as i read future issues cool cool um
5: hey you never know what might uh, actually turn to be a good uh series I, I recently started reading some of the transformers comics that have come out pretty impressed by those so yeah never know something might float your boat idw still sucks but they're doing better <laughs> had to be an asshole um Hey, Mike, what's something cool over on your side of the uh, galaxy this uh, week?
3: I just wanted to mention a couple like fun comics I read or will be reading. Uh, uh, Scarlet Spider number two came out. This past week, and uh, I'm really digging that series so far. Chris Yost is doing a good job writing it, and I really dig uh, Ryan Stegman's art. Like he really like I didn't really like really like the new like Scarlet Spider costume, but like he really sells it. Like when he draws it like in the issue when like there's a fight scene and stuff. Like he kind of like it has like that black like spider mask and like you know shoulders, but the rest of the suit is red. But it's just, like, the way, like, it's kind of like the way you, will like, you angle the suit or just show it. Where it's, like, the black part is, like, the, like, you know, focus. And it just, it just really suits, like, a character like Kane who is, like, darker and stuff. And he, he just looks awesome, like, in motion and stuff. So I'm really enjoying that book so far. Um, and also speaking of IDW, like, the next issue of uh, More Than Meets the Eye comes out this coming week. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. There's a seven-page preview, and uh, it, it it looks to uh, continue the uh, ass-kickery. So uh, I'm just looking forward to that. So
5: Cool, cool. Uh, yeah, like I said, I uh, actually asked earlier if it was coming out this week, so I will be on that bus with you reading that uh, next issue. I think, yeah, I am I'm really impressed with what they've done so far. They have pretty much like i i don't think it's a matter of fixing things or like you know oh you know we're trying now they're just like you know what we've got people who can write good stories so here you fucking go we're going to let them write you know and yeah. you know just let and them do their thing
3: i think a thing that really impresses me about the preview is like uh nick Roche was only doing issue 1 and i guess he's he's moving on to other non transformer related things for a while but uh alex milney takes over uh what do you call as of issue two and like the preview art it's shown. I'm super impressed because like nice. he, he, he managed to alter his style just enough. So it like meshes with Nick Roche's uh, style. So it like, it doesn't, it there's barely any like, you know, clash of styles, uh, cool. like artistic wise between issues one and two. So it looks really good.
5: I'm kind of disappointed that Roche is leaving though, because <clears throat> if like, artistic like trans, uh, if Transformers artists histories kind of go into uh, a circle that means that he'll come back in like a year and suck and have a
3: weird new style nobody likes right <laughs> uh, I don't think so but you know, know, just, know. you know he just you know he just feels like yeah he needs to do something else apparently for a while oh, yeah, so that's yeah. but,
1: you know, a, well, I know some it, I did it. some of the X-Men money
3: yeah, I know. He's got to get some of that. He's got to get some of that money. <laughs>
5: Give you know, us some I of that. Did, I just probably was cool, but he ain't paying the bills, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I mean, they could totally kick the jaily's ass, so it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> uh, I want to go ahead and go to our, our good friend, Brian. Uh, and we haven't heard from you in a while, sir, so uh, what's something awesome that you found out this week?
2: Um, Yeah, actually, I'm going to go back in the past a little bit because when I actually got it, I wasn't on the show but I wanted to uh, mention me acquiring uh, G1 Overlord. Um oh, it
4: yeah.
2: <laughs> Thanks. Uh, it wasn't really a toy I was looking for at the time. Um, you know, I have a list of you know my personal holy grails. He's not one that's on it, but you know, he is a, a like very sought after toy and somewhat rare. And I just kind of happened to be in the spot where. Um, I had the extra money sitting in my PayPal account, and uh, an online friend, you know, needed money to, uh, I think he's going to graduate school, so he's selling a bunch of his toys, so it just was kind of working out to where I had an opportunity to buy them, and um, I bid on them, and I ended up winning them at a decent price, so um just really happy to get them to help someone out, I guess.
5: No problem there. Um, yeah. Uh... Overlord is a uh, European exclusive. He's also a Takara, Takara toy, for anybody who doesn't know. Not incredibly rare, but pretty damn rare. So, I mean, you just don't usually go on eBay and find them. So that's a good snag, Brian. Good job. Thanks. Um, I guess I'll go ahead and go next. I'll leave our good friend Justin for last. Mine is going to sound probably not as impressive, I guess, but I enjoyed the fuck out of it, and I've been having fun playing it for like about a week and a half. I finally beat it last night. It's a game on Newgrounds called Abobo's Big Adventure. Um, <laughs> If you ever played Double Dragon, you know there's a character that you beat the crap out of, a uh, big fat bald dude. Well, not fat, but just a big weird-looking fat dude named Abobo. Um, some guys decided to make a video game out of this, and apparently it took them a long fucking time. If you love Nintendo, and this is one of the reasons why I picked it, because we're talking about consoles this week, it has almost every NES major character show up in a cameo. Um, boa has to go save his uh, son, Aboboy, from <laughs> <laughs> from uh, a evil, shadowy villain. Um, the, vi- the villain steals him away, and he must th- fight through different stages. The first one being Double Dragon. Oh, wow. So original. Whatever. Who cares about that? Then the second level is the underwater Mario stage, where he has to fight Jaws. Yeah, see where we're going
4: with this? <laughs> hmm.
5: Um... It is really fun. It's got really good graphics. The control is excellent. Um, The only thing that I have to say negative about it is at one stage you have to fight in the Balloon Fight game from Nintendo. And I fucking hate that game. I hated the stage, but it still has some fun because there's a lot of cameos there. But, God, that's a fucking hard stage. I fucking hate the thing. But uh, I beat it for all you Xbox and PS3 uh, loyalists. There's even achievements, depending on what you do. Uh, for example, just to give you guys, ooh, pro tip, game pro, uh, on the first level, if you punch a passerby, you will punch their head off, throw it up in the air, and eat its head for extra health, and you'll get an achievement for it. So, <laughs> um, I, I played this game on I, I, Like I said, I just beat it last night. Uh, it took me about a week, though, because I won't give away all the levels, but the last level was really fucking pissing me off. It was really hard. Um, but yeah, go on Newgrounds, check it out. Uh, Abobo's Big Adventure. It's on the front page. It'd be easy to find. I really enjoyed it. So, uh, that does sound all... cool. Yeah, yeah. I w- yeah, You would totally love it.
0: <clears throat>
5: it, it it's it's very much fun. Um, so that leaves our last, but not least, of course. Our good friend Justin, what is something awesome over in your quadrant of the Delta?
0: <laughs> um, Turn coming Mike... up with new shit. <laughs> Well, like last time, I've got some, like, two really cool movies that I watched, and the first one is, I watched The Grey, and this is, like, basically another one of those, like, Liam Neeson of the badass movies, (laughs) and the the story is, like, there's, like, he's uh, some guy in Alaska, and he's on a plane, the plane crashes, and he has to, like, help this group of, like, six survivors survive, you know, through the Alaskan wilderness, and, they're trying to get back to civilization, and the whole time they're on their little trek, they, they're being attacked by these, like, wolves. Like, they're going through, like, the territory of these wolves, and he's, like, trying to keep these guys alive. They keep, like, dropping, like, flies, and there's, uh, you know, there's some kind of, like, you know, badass gangster guy that thinks he can do better than Liam. Um, it's really kind of a bleak, depressing movie, but I don't know. Like, I, I, st- I still enjoyed it. Um so if you like you know movies like that, or if you just you know like seeing Liam Neeson be pretty badass and fighting wolves, like I think you'll like it. Um, the other movie I watched is I watched the uh, the 40th anniversary Common Writer movie. It's called uh, All Writers Let's Go Common Writers, and it has basically like every Common Writer that's ever been throughout its whole history, and they, there's like it's like basically a big team up movie. Kind of like the the recent you know Super Sentai team up movie, Except and
5: Common like Writer Steve, he was just being a bitch. I I hate him.
0: Yeah, that was um, just a joke. Sorry. <laughs> the, there's a scene in it that like Derek would probably like to check out. There's like a big fight, fight scene at the end, and then all of a sudden one of the Common Writers is like, "We did. We called more than just Common Writers," and like. Kikaiter and Kikaiter 01 show up and have a li- nice little oh, cool. moment
5: oh hell cool. now I want to watch it
0: <laughs> no, Like I, I didn't expect that at all but it's it's a really good movie like I've really got into like Common Rider stuff here lately like I kind of started watching it for that show we did and I've kind of continued like watching more of it so like I, I really enjoyed that movie
5: yeah that's cool Justin. actually just by saying you said you said the magic word Kikaiter, I actually kind of want to check that out now um I know Derek's actually a pretty you know decent fan of Kikaiter. I, I don't know how to say it. Kikader or Kikaiter. Either way, you kikider. say Kikaiter, I say Kikaiter. Yeah, you, know. <laughs> you don't go.
1: even have to say R, Tony. You just go Kikaida, <laughs>
5: <laughs> Kikaida.
0: <laughs> yeah.
5: Um, just to let you folks know, little, little upset this week. No new emails. Come on,
1: guys. You got to let us know no, what's no, going no, on. We don't have to be they can send emails if they want. Like, we don't have to like, where's our email?
2: We've been
1: <laughs> waiting forever.
2: I'm just glad you didn't go into like a Whitney Houston, like, <laughs> crying <laughs> moment.
5: You know she's dead, right?
2: Well, yeah. That's where I thought you were going with it. going that's
1: where I thought you were going with yeah. it. Oh, man. That's cold. Bobby Brown. I'm leaving I that in. That. <laughs>
5: Oh, I, well, I'm, I'm not actually upset, but we do enjoy hearing your
4: comments.
5: Uh, <laughs> I don't give
3: a shit. Fuck you. We are callous motherfuckers.
5: <laughs> well, I think Brian's it best. It's called fan holes, not what you want.
4: Um. <laughs> uh, no,
1: no. Maybe, maybe we'll get some angry
0: emails out of this. But, you know.
4: There you go. I'll,
0: I'll, you never know. I'll save this. We want to read your emails so hard. <laughs> so hard.
5: So hard. Uh, no, we, we we do enjoy feedback. Uh, we, of course, have the Twitter. We have the uh, Facebook. We also have our uh, ever-popular email, which
1: is FanHolesPodcast. You know what would know be funny is if we got, like, 500, like, fan emails before this episode airs, and then, like, and when this episode actually gets posted, like... People we like never get emails, and they're like, "Dude, we sent you five hundred.
2: What's up?" <laughs> I know you got five hundred.
3: That's what all our fans sound like. That <laughs> one guy. Cool. <Like>, yeah. <laughs>
2: well, any,
1: anytime, anytime we get a letter, I get it in that voice. Then, yeah. <laughs> you guys are
3: awesome. I love how you do stuff. That is so great. Okay, bye. Haven't <laughs> you read the fan letters yet? What? What the, what the hell, man? We're
1: looking, writing all these fan letters for.
5: Oh, the fame of being internet celebrities has gone to our head. Oh, shit. No, we're not. Fuck. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, we we do have multiple ways of yelling at us for yelling at you. So.
1: <laughs> you can get us on Twitter, on Facebook, on um, our, our Gmail um, email. Yeah. All kinds oh, yeah. of stuff.
5: All kinds of good stuff. We've been pimping uh, all our fam holes, uh, regulars, with their various projects, pretty well. I don't know if you guys got anything else you want to pimp. Uh, Derek, Justin, Mike, Brian, anything you want to throw out there for something to look forward to? Or are you pretty caught up? Good yes. answer. Um, <laughs> survey says <"Arr," laughs> they're they're done on that one. Like I said, though, uh, keep an eye out for those various uh, side projects they do. Uh, History of comic Film is updated rather regularly. Uh, always good stuff when it goes up. And also uh, Justin's Retrovirus, always good stuff as well. There's also some si- side stories he's got planned to come up very soon. So, Or they're probably already up by now, by the time you uh, actually hear this podcast. So just keep an eye out for all the extracurricular activities we enjoy when we're not doing the uh, podcast. But we will continue to do the podcast as often as possible lately been every week we we've actually been skipping on the sidecast pretty proud of that but until the next podcast from
3: the fan holes i will say this is tony changball
2: hey this is brian breakdown
3: hey what's
1: up this is Derek, Derek, W C.
3: it's mike thunderwing and i remember the time on super nintendo that <laughs> <laughs> what
0: the hell <laughs> this is justin grimlock and i are a pirate
5: And until the next time on the Fan Holes Podcast, just remember NOW
4: FLY (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.